the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Friday. Woohoo! TGIF. Thank goodness it's Friday. I'm glad that it is Friday. I'm ready for the weekend. Don't know about the rest of you. It's supposed to be sunny and hot. As I told you, I spent the first 27 years of my life living outside of Chicago in northwest Indiana. I'm still thawing, and I'm liking the heat. A lot of people around the south don't like the heat. I like the heat. I'm uh, I'm enjoying it. Have and always will, I do believe. Let's start it off uh, with some folks from the uh, RNC. Uh, we've got Gunnery Sergeant Jesse Jane Duff with us, retired U.S. Marine. You never retire as a Marine, Jesse. You can't put that on there. Oh, I have to say it so they don't think I'm representing the United States Marine Corps while I'm on active duty, which would not allow me to talk to you. No, okay. <laughs> I, well, I, I used to be Air Force. That I, yeah, yeah I, I, they set me free, and boy, my mouth hasn't stopped since. Well, you know, I'm kind of feeling like I was I was Air Force, but I'm kind of, with the way Iran's acting, I'm kind of feeling like I need to go down to the recruiter again. What about you? Uh, I'm, I'm not really as concerned. I feel that the president has managed to strong-arm them in multiple ways, that the sanctions have really worked. The European allies that have uh, been a little wishy-washy know what side their bread is buttered on. If they want to do business with Iran, so be it, but it will sever all business with the United States. They know that they have to comply with the United States because the United States has the the ability to ensure that they're protected in case of war. They also ensure that they have a a robust economy economically. So, you know, they have no advantage with uh, doing business with Iran. And they're they're burying their heads like Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has said multiple times. You're burying your heads until the nuclear bomb is being dropped on you. Mm. Boy, ain't that the truth. That That is a lot of truth in what you just said. Uh, and it's not the first time they've done it. He made reference to the 1930s. He essentially said this isn't the first time you all have done that. You know, they ignored Hitler. They had thought that, you know, we're going to get peace. We're going to keep being nice. You know, the compliance that people have continually done with those who have no good intentions has always enabled those with no good intentions to pursue their misdeeds. All right, with us, retired gunnery sergeant Jesse Jane Duff. She is a member of the Trump 2020 Advisory Board, and she's joining us for about 15 minutes. You're also part of the Women for Trump. You uh, just launched that a few days ago. Uh, Your group did explain what it's all about. Oh, we're excited. So welcome to talking to somebody who is actually the real squad. (laughs) We are the real squad. Women for Trump is essentially every woman out there. We represent the audience. I am those women that represent and want the president reelected. So ever since his campaign kicked off a couple of months ago, 50 percent of the donations or more have been from women that they even in their first campaign, It was only maybe 25, 35%. So they're already at 50% women, which tells you women are on board. 56% of the new jobs that 
they have in this in this administration that have happened under this administration have been for women. Six hundred thousand women are out of poverty under this administration, meaning not on food stamps or uh, federal assistance. So you're looking at women seeing that their families are better off under this administration. And every election is determined by women because women tend to be actually more involved in wanting their stability for their family, their financial future, because they're the ones that have to balance that budget at the end of the day normally to take care of the children, the husband, the books, the clothing, the, the household items. I'm not saying every woman, there's many men who contribute on those levels, but traditionally many of the women are the ones that have to decide, do I buy new shoes for the kids or do we get steak tonight? Yeah, you're right on money about that. You want, you want to know, I, I go out and earn the money. It goes in the bank. You know who pays the money out for the bills? It ain't me. Yep, and if you run out, then you're looking at your wife going, what in the heck did you buy? That's exactly right. <laughs> That's what I asked her. You didn't follow the budget, did you? Uh-uh, no. Yeah, exactly. Uh, didn't we have that conversation, honey, that you would not buy shoes over <laughs> on meals? <laughs> Absol- absolutely. Hey, listen, uh, the, the president just had a rally the other night, the send her back chant, the president's disavowed that, but... That doesn't bother me as much as people like uh, Zerlina Maxwell. Did you hear what she said about the rally? Oh, I'd love to hear you repeat it. Well, I don't have to repeat it. Here she is talking about it. Zerlina, what about the Democratic response? Because they've Mm. talked a lot that the argument has been made. But yesterday when they had a chance to vote to move forward on impeachment, they didn't do it. Politico writes, the toxic relationship between Trump and the opposition party continues to hit new lows. But that's not stopping Speaker Nancy Pelosi and her party from working with him to avert fiscal calamity and maybe even greenlight his signature trade deal later this fall. Are the Democrats doing what they should be doing? Is it okay just to say something but not do something? Look, I was pretty disappointed yesterday, not not because I think that, you know, we should impeach this president in this moment. It's because, you know, to vote and say that those tweets are racist and wrong, that's an easy vote. That should be an easy vote. And I think that, you know, for, for us not to even have a debate about it, that actually is a reflection of this moment in this country where we're so uncomfortable with completely and totally unabashed racism that we can't even have a dialogue on the House floor about whether or not that's okay, um, embodied by the president each and every day. And going back to Monday, um, you know, some I think folks misheard or misunderstood what those four congressmen were saying on Monday. Ilhan quoted from our founding documents. She said that we should live up to an ideal that all men are created equal. That was similar to the remarks that President Obama made at the foot of the Edmund Pettus Bridge in 2015 on the 50th anniversary of Bloody Sunday. My aunt, Mark in Selma and hid from the Ku Klux Klan at 17 years old. So this is all very visceral for me. When I see that rally, that looks like a Klan rally to me. That looks all right, like a Klan stop rally. Stop it right there. There you, there you go. All right. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, a Klan she, rally. She, she sure likes to, yeah, she likes to talk a lot without saying anything. So now she's translating <laughs> what Ilan Omar really meant. Now she's telling us that it's personal to her because of an experience she went through. Okay, that's all nice. 
But now you are inflating emotion into this policy or this administration or into actions. This is nonsense. Get your emotions out of it. What he stated to Ilan Omar was very clear. She came to this country by the pure grace of this country not being racist, allowing her family to come here. And God bless America. We are a nation of immigrants, but we also seek legal immigrants. Mm -hmm. And for her to spit in the eye of Americans, where she has ultimately always aligned herself with the wrong side, she's aligned herself with Erdogan, the president of Turkey, who has no best, no interest in the United States. She has a aligned herself with the Muslim Brotherhood. She has aligned herself with care. She has made flagrant comments that were derogatory towards the military that served in Somalia. I have friends that went to Somalia on a humanitarian mission to ensure that people were not starving to death by the very reasons that her family had to leave the country. Mm -hmm. My goodness, lady, you can criticize this country, but when you make arguments that are anti-Semitic, anti-Israel, pro-Palestine, and fail to even call out al-Qaeda, ISIS members, or even call out Antifa that committed terrorist acts. I'm sorry, you are projecting an image that is derogatory, negative, and does no benefit for the Democratic Party. I will say that. And all you're doing is helping Trump win in 2020. We've been called bigots, racists, Nazis, homophobes, Islamophobes, fascists, and every other name in the book, Russian bots. And yet they're upset that Trump said then she can go back to where she came from. I'm sorry, that may just mean Minnesota, people. What What is this? Now words don't matter. I got to get slung arrows and name called for the last two and a half years. I got to be called a racist. No, this ain't going to, you're not going to get an apology from me because we've gotten none from the Hillary Clinton campaign and every anti-never Trumper person out there who has degraded us to a level that we're fed up. And guess what? When we're fed up, we swing back. And that's why we elected President Trump. And that's why we will reelect President Trump. Do you see that his uh, positives today says that he will be reelected? Oh, I'm confident he will. Yeah. When you look at the Me economy, too. when you yeah, when you look at how the women in this country who are tired of people like Ilan Omar trying to represent them, calling everybody else a racist, the squad, the squad are all women in color. Well, where are Caucasian women if they're so united and not racist themselves? They call Nancy Pelosi a racist and then do a 180 and call President Trump a racist. Why? Because they cannot stand up to the arguments that are being presented against them. They know they're creating chaos. They love it. They love the attention. Honestly, Ilan Omar, please stay in office as long as you can because all you're doing is enabling the Democratic Party to surround you and look like the fools that they are. You're making the Democrats have to defend you, and what they have to defend is pretty reprehensible. Her terrorist ties alone, her faulty marriage that we are now starting to hear about, potentially with her own brother, and the fraudulent uh, activity that she herself has committed. Go ahead, Democrats, surround her. And I dare you to call people like me a racist who served 20 years in this United States Marine Corps, who served with women and men of all colors, nationalities, creeds, and color. All we care about is do you love this country? Are you willing to defend this country?
Are you willing to stand up for this country? No other Democrats talk with the rhetoric of AOC, Ilan Omar, Presley, and Rashid Tlaib. Rashid Tlaib actually came, her family came here from Palestine and actually was sworn in wearing a Palestinian garment. She essentially was saying, I'm more loyal to Palestinians than I am to Americans. I'm sorry. Too many people struggle to come to this country. Everybody on, who's listening to this radio show who's in the United States legally or a U.S. citizen has a tough story to tell how their family got here. And we worship and relish the fact that we are able to come to a God-loving country like the United States of America. Now, I'll tell you what, start off my day every morning, prayers with my wife, and we thank the Lord for putting us here and not somewhere else. I'll be honest with oh, you. Oh, yes. Because I, I won the lottery of life. I was born in the United States of America, to be honest. Exactly. My father has always said that. He said it is it is actually so miraculous to be born here. So many, you have no choice where you will be born. And the fact that I was born here and my parents were not immigrants. My grandparents were not immigrants, but my great-grandparents were. And their journeys were hard, arduous, and nothing came easy for them. And I'm the first generation that went into college. So it took many, many years to come out of the struggles that many families have had. And I'm not going to diminish anybody else's struggles, but the bulk of this country struggled on so many levels to make it to where their children can now go to college. They can live in homes with more than one bathroom. And we have two car households. That is, that's something unheard of in my grandmother's generation. My grandmother couldn't even read or write. She spoke French till she was 35. I mean, this is really an, an, a miracle for me that God has blessed me with this freedom, and I will go out there and defend it. And Ilan Omar, you could have come on board and shown us how exceptional you are as a U.S. citizen, but every single time you blame this country, she's blamed us for what's happened in Venezuela. She has blamed us and despised us for a relationship with Israel. She is sponsoring a bill so that they can be sanctioned. She has supported every group that has been anti-American. And that, for me, is shocking. An ISIS terrorist she was trying to defend in a trial in Minneapolis. And she also tried to vote against an amendment that wouldn't allow people to collect on life insurance from terrorist attacks. She was one of two in Minnesota that voted against that bill. So I'm just sitting back thinking, what part of this don't you understand? If you don't want people to dislike you because of your faith, don't parade your faith around as in disliking us. Jesse Jane Duff, retired gunnery sergeant, U.S. Marine Corps, 20 years. 20 years she she defended the flag of this country. She's on the Trump 2020 advisory board. They got a good one here and uh, with women for Trump. Thanks for your time today. We appreciate it. We'll have you back Thank on. Thank you. Talk to you Please later do. now. Please mm-hmm. do. Anytime. I'll always bring some energy. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye now. All right. Jesse Jane Duff. Got to get a break when we come back. Got the uh, vice president's speech from the other day talking about religious freedom. And you'll only hear it here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. The vice president spoke uh, this week on religious liberty. We've got that speech. I'd like to play it for you. We may break in the middle of it. Looks like the president's going to speak here in a little bit about these oil tankers. There's a second one now that the Iranian uh, Revolutionary Guard has boarded. Not good. And if he speaks, we'll have the president so that we can listen. But right now, here's the vice president. 
Well, Ambassador Brownback, Your Excellencies, and to all of those who have struggled under religious persecution, you honor us by your presence all. Welcome. Welcome to the second ministerial to advance religious freedom, and welcome to the largest human rights ministerial ever held at the United States State Department. We gather today as people who believe in freedom of religion and also the power of faith. As Vice President of the United States, I stand for the freedom of religion that animated the American founding and is enshrined in our Bill of Rights. But this is a special day for me as well because on a personal level, my faith in Jesus Christ has brought meaning and purpose to me and my family every day of my life. So I'm honored by your presence, and I'm especially honored to address you today as Vice President to an American President who has been a great champion of religious freedom at home and abroad. So allow me to begin by bringing greetings and welcome on behalf of the 45th President of the United States of America, President Donald Trump. Since the earliest days of our nation, America has stood for religious freedom. Our first settlers left their homes and all they knew for the chance to, as they said, begin the world all over again. They carved protections for religious liberty into the founding charters of our nation and our very earliest laws. And after our independence was won, the crafters of America's Constitution enshrined religious liberty as the first of our American freedoms. Our Declaration of Independence proclaims that our precious liberties are not the gift of government, but rather they're the unalienable rights endowed by our Creator. Americans believe that people should live by the dictates of their conscience, not the dictates of government. We're proud, proud that our long tradition of inspiring other nations to embrace religious freedom and respect for human rights has ushered in important improvements in the lives of people all over the world. And I want to take this opportunity to thank, to thank the distinguished representatives of the 106 countries who have chosen to be here today to join us in taking a strong stand in defense of religious freedom. Free minds build free markets. And wherever religious liberty is allowed to take root, it is prosperity and peace that ultimately flourish as well. And as we tell even our closest allies, those who reject religious freedom are more likely to breed radicalism and resentment. It can sow the seeds of violence, and it can too often cross borders. And those who deny religious freedom to their own people often have few qualms denying those rights to others. That's why under President Trump's leadership, this administration has taken decisive action to defend our first freedom at home and abroad. The president made a bold statement in support of religious liberty when he appointed a friend and a lifelong champion of our first freedom as our ambassador at large for international religious freedom. And that man has now traveled the world and his good work is evidenced in the historic turnout today. Would you all join me in recognizing and thanking Ambassador Sam Brownback for his work.
on behalf of religious liberty around the world. Thank you, Sam. Earlier this year, our administration built on that progress by appointing Elon Carr as a special envoy for monitoring and combating anti-Semitism. And earlier today, as you all heard, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo announced a new initiative to create a forum for dialogue about religious liberty. Okay, we're going to take a break right here, and then we're going to go to the news, and then we'll come back and pick up this speech. We'll get all of it in for you. Don't worry. We'll get all of it in for you. It's a great speech by the vice president. If the president speaks on what's happening over in the Persian Gulf uh, during this time, we'll go to it live just so you'll know because important things happening as far as that. It looks like the uh, Iranian Revolutionary Guard may have taken another tanker uh, hostage over in the uh, Persian Gulf. All that's coming up here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. And uh, we want to get back to Vice President Pence's speech on religious freedom. Uh, But I want to remind you that the president is supposed to be uh, talking to uh, the media. Looks that he's uh, doing that right now. Let's go. just take it uh, over to the president. Well, as alliance with the UK, and we always have, uh, we heard that. The United States has very few tankers going in because we're using our own energy now. Uh, we've made a lot of progress over the last two and a half years. We don't have very many that are warships, and we'll talk to the UK, and we have no written agreement, but we have an agreement. They've been a very great ally of ours. So we heard about it. We heard it was one, we heard it was two. And we'll be working, which is a good thing, and we'll be working with the U.K., but we have no written agreement, but I think we have an agreement which is longstanding. Uh, if you go back into the four congresswomen, the things they've said about our country are terrible. Uh, what they've said about uh, Israel are just terrible. Uh, I don't know. I can't say for sure. But certainly a lot of people say they hate our country. And I think it's a disgrace what they've said. I think you can't talk that way about the United States. And I think, frankly, to say that about Israel, you know, we just gave the embassy in Jerusalem making Jerusalem, the capital of Israel. I just gave Golan Heights, recognized Golan Heights for Israel. I've done all of this for Israel. And then you have these people. I think that Omar, I find it hard to believe, but I hear Omar today put in or yesterday put in a uh, sanctions bill against Israel and other things beyond sanctions. So when I hear that, you just can't talk about our country that way. And when people are angry at them, I fully understand it. That this political feud that you're having with Congressman Omar and the rest of those Democrats is a good thing politically for you, or do you think it turns people off? I don't know if it's good or bad politically. I don't care. But when people are 
speaking so badly when they call our country garbage. Think of that. That's worse than deplorable. When they call our country garbage, I don't care about politics. I don't care if it's good or bad about politics. Many people say it's good. I don't know if it's good or bad. I can tell you this. You can't talk that way about our country. Not when I'm the president. So I think they've said horrible things. Uh, They're anti-Semitic. And you look at the kind of statements they've made about Israel, it's a disgrace. Mr. President, uh, they have First Amendment rights to say what they want about our country. That's what the Constitution guarantees. Do you see not agreeing with uh, you? Let's move away from this since the press is going to keep pressing on the squad and, and not on the tensions in the Gulf. Let's go ahead and go back to Vice President Pence. Earlier this year, our administration built on that progress by appointing Elon Carr as a special envoy for monitoring and combating anti-Semitism. And earlier today, as you all heard, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo announced a new initiative to create a forum for dialogue about religious liberty around the world. And we look forward to working with each of you in the newly instituted International Religious Freedom Alliance. And with this renewed focus on religious liberty, we've stood with those who are oppressed for their religious beliefs around the world since the first days of this administration. Three years ago, an American pastor was arrested in Turkey and imprisoned for the alleged crime of dividing and separating the nation simply by spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. In one meeting after another, With President Erdogan, I saw President Trump demand the release of this good man of faith. Through two years of imprisonment, we stood strong. And in October of last year, through the president's efforts and by God's great kindness, Pastor Andrew Brunson came home. Pastor Brunson's story of perseverance in the face of incredible hardship was an inspiration to people across our country and believers around the world. We express our admiration to him from the bottom of our hearts, being an example of faith that is like gold tested in fire. I understand he is with us today. He is my friend. So let me just say, Pastor Brunson, welcome home. It is good to be back with you for the second year in a row. Last year, it was my great honor to address the first ministerial, where I announced two initiatives that I'm proud to report have made great progress. We announced a new initiative to ensure that religious freedom and religious pluralism would prosper across the Middle East, the Genocide Recovery and Persecution Response Program. And to date, I'm proud to report the United States has provided more than $340 million in aid to faith and ethnic minority communities persecuted by ISIS in Iraq and throughout the region. Second, at that ministerial, we announced a new initiative to support those who fight for religious freedom and those who suffer from religious persecution, the International Religious Freedom Fund. And since then, we've received nearly $5 million in pledges with donors from several countries well represented here. With your support, We've provided more than 435 rapid response grants to those persecuted 
because of their beliefs, helping more than 1,800 people directly as well as their families and fellow believers. For example, in Sri Lanka, we've given much-needed assistance to the victims of the Easter Sunday attacks. And as I said last year, America is proud to lead this program. We ask all the nations gathered here and around the world to join us in this important fund. Together, we will champion the cause of liberty as never before. And I believe that our combined leadership will make a difference for religious liberty for generations to come. So we've made progress, but we still have much work to do. For as we gather here today, a stunning 83% of the world's population live in nations where religious freedom is threatened or even banned. The victims of religious persecution face economic sanctions. They're often arrested and imprisoned. They're the target of mob violence and state-sanctioned terror. And all too often, those whose beliefs run counter to their rulers face not just persecution, but death. The list of religious freedom violators is long. Their oppressions span the globe. Here in our hemisphere, in Nicaragua, Daniel Ortega and his vice president and wife, Rosario Murillo, continue their assault on faith and human rights. Their regime violently suppresses dissent, assaults opponents, and condones thugs who repress and intimidate Catholic church leaders for defending democracy and religious freedom. In Venezuela, the dictator Nicolas Maduro is using his so-called anti-hate laws to prosecute Catholic clergy who speak out against his brutal regime that has impoverished millions in this once prosperous country. Jewish community leaders report that media associated with the Maduro regime often cast coverage of Israel in anti-Semitic tones and trivialize or even deny the Holocaust. Nicolas Maduro has brought nothing but misery to the people of Venezuela. Nicolas Maduro is a dictator with no legitimate claim to power. And Nicolas Maduro must go. President Trump's direction, the United States was proud to be the first nation on earth to recognize interim President Juan Guaido as the legitimate president of Venezuela. And since then... We're grateful that more than 50 nations have joined us in this cause, including Greece, just last week, which became the 55th nation to recognize interim president Juan Guaido. So we're standing strong for free and democratic Venezuela. We're also calling out the persecution of religious minorities in the greatest state sponsor of terrorism in the world, the Islamic Republic of Iran. The Iranian people enjoy few, if any, freedoms, least of all the freedom of religion. Christians, Jews, Sunnis, Baha'is, and other religious minorities are denied the most basic rights enjoyed by the Shia majority. And believers are routinely fined, flogged, and arrested in Iran. Like a story of a courageous Christian pastor whose daughter is here with us today. In 2009, Iranian authorities shut down a pastor, Victor Bet Tam Raz's church. But instead of fleeing the country, he continued to share the good news. In 2017, the Iranian government sentenced him to 10 years in prison 
And in 2018, they sentenced his wife to five years and later charged their couple's son to four months in prison for spreading Christian propaganda. Pastor Bet Tam Raz and his family are an inspiration to freedom-loving people the world over. And we couldn't be more honored to have his daughter, Tabrina, here with us today. Please join me in recognizing Tabrina Bet Tamraz. Of course, Iran's leaders aren't content to persecute only their own people. They routinely export violence and terrorism throughout the region, including to their neighbors in Iraq. To this day, Iranian-backed militias extort and terrorize the people of the Nineveh Plain, which is still recovering from the days of ISIS' brutal reign. Now, let me be clear. The United States will not stand idly by while Iranian-backed militias spread terror. And today, I'm announcing that the United States has placed sanctions on two leaders of Iranian-backed militias for all they've done. We will hold them accountable. But the people of the United States of America have a message to the long-suffering people of Iran. Even as we stand strong against the leaders in Tehran, know that we are with you. We pray for you. And we urge you to press on with courage in the cause of freedom and a peaceful and prosperous future for your people. So we're standing up to the regime in Tehran. We're also standing up for the persecuted Rohingya people in Burma. While that conflict has fallen along ethnic lines, we cannot ignore the rise of militant Buddhism against Muslim and Christian minorities that's taken place. A brutal campaign of ethnic cleansing against the Rohingya has forced more than 700,000 to flee across the border to Bangladesh. And though the United States has repeatedly urged the Burmese government to hold accountable all those responsible, the government has continued to imprison and harass innocent men and women. Like a young Rohingya woman who's here with us today. When she was just 18 years old, she was thrown in jail for the simple crime of being the daughter of a political activist who dared to challenge the old military regime. For seven years, she and her family endured deplorable conditions, but they never lost faith in the freedom that was their birthright. Eventually, she was released, and since then, she's gone on to earn a law degree and a master's of laws from the University of California, Berkeley. Now she's a leading advocate of empowering women and girls all over the world. She's an inspiring woman, and we're honored to have her with us today. Join me in recognizing Way, way new. Thank you for your example and your leadership. The United States has urged the Burmese government to hold accountable those responsible and make it clear that these mass atrocities must never happen again. But so far, our words of admonition have seemed to fall on deaf ears. And that's why this week, the United States of America placed visa sanctions on Burma's top two military 
leaders, the commander-in-chief and his deputy, as well as two commanders of light infantry brigades. We will hold them accountable. So we're standing up to the malign regime in Iran and pressing for accountability in Burma. But the United States has also spoken out against religious persecution in the People's Republic of China. And we do so again today. China's oppression of Tibetan Buddhists goes back decades. As part of its efforts to oppress Tibetan Buddhism back in 1995, Chinese authorities captured the legitimate Panchen Lama, then just a six-year-old boy. And neither he nor his family have been heard from in the 24 years since. In Xinjiang, the Communist Party has imprisoned more than a million Chinese Muslims, including Uyghurs, in internment camps, where they endure around-the-clock brainwashing. Survivors of the camps have described their experiences as a deliberate attempt by Beijing to strangle Uyghur culture and stamp out the Muslim faith. Religious persecution in China has also targeted the Christian faith. But in one of the greatest ironies in the history of Christianity, in today's communist China, we actually see the fastest growth in the Christian faith that we have ever seen anywhere on earth in the last 2,000 years. Just 70 years ago, when the Communist Party took power, there were fewer than a half a million Chinese Christians. Yet today, just two generations later, faith in Jesus Christ has reached as many as 130 million Chinese Christians. The truth is, faith is breaking out all across China, even in the streets of Hong Kong. As the pro-democracy activist Jimmy Lai told me earlier this month, when young people encounter police in the streets during protest marches that have drawn millions, he said those young people often sing songs of worship and praise. As he said, they sing, Alleluia to the Lord. Chinese authorities may ban the sale of Christian Bibles, but that hasn't stopped China from publishing more Christian Bibles than any country on earth. Chinese authorities may ban the construction of Christian churches, but that hasn't prevented China from building more Christian churches than any other country in the world. China's experience is just more evidence of a time-worn truth. The pathway through persecution lies in the faith and resilience of the persecuted. Like that of a pastor of a large unregistered church in Guangzhou, China. On December 9th, 2015, Pastor Su Tianfu was placed under house arrest after Chinese law enforcement raided the Livingstone Church. Later, he and his fellow co-pastor were charged of a fine of up to a million dollars for collecting illegal donations from their church parishioners. And just last year, he was sentenced to one year in prison. His courage in the face of such relentless persecution is an inspiration to freedom-loving people all over the world. And we're honored to have with us today his courageous wife, who's been with him every step of the way. So join me in recognizing
Manping Ouyang, we are honored that you are with us today, and we are inspired by your faith. All right. We're going to pause here. We'll finish up the vice president's speech in the next half hour. But right now, we got to get ready and get to the news, bring you up to date. Things going on in the uh, Persian Gulf or by the Straits of Hormuz. Uh, word is that the Iranian uh, Revolutionary Guard has taken a British uh, oil tanker and a, Libra- a Liberian uh, oil tanker uh, hostage uh, there in that part of the world. We had what the president had to say about it, said that he's working with the U.K. at this moment uh, here on the Dave Ellswick Show. So stick around whenever or whatever happens. We'll have it for you live here on the show. All right. uh, Some additional breaking news dealing on what's going over in Iran. Iran seized two British operated oil tankers in the Strait of Hormuz, uh, making a fresh escalation of tensions between Tehran and the West. The UK flag uh, Stena Impero, which is a crew of 23 aboard, was approached by unidentified small crafts and a helicopter during transit of the Strait of Hormuz while the vessel was in international waters. Uh, Stena Bulk, the shipping company that owns the vessel, said in a statement, we are presently unable to contact the vessel, which is now heading north towards Iran. Iran's Revolutionary Guard forces, in a statement on their website, say the ship was seized for, quote, noncompliance with international maritime laws and regulation and is being brought to an unnamed Iranian port, according to the Associated Press. Websites tracking the ship's path showed it turning sharply in the direction of Iran's Qasim Island instead of its intended destination of Saudi Arabia. And then uh, another uh, statement came out approximately an hour later. A Liberian flag tanker operated by a British company was also seized by Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps and was seen on maritime tracking services making a turn towards Iran. So that's the latest on that. Let's finish up with the uh, vice president's speech on uh, religious freedom. It's a very good speech, some good information in it. Let's hear the remaining part. The United States is engaged in ongoing negotiations and discussions over our trading relationship with China, and those will continue. But whatever comes of our negotiations with Beijing, you can be assured the American people will stand in solidarity with the people of all faiths in the People's Republic of China. And we will pray for the day that they can live out their faith freely without fear of persecution. But for all the challenges that believers face in China, the treatment of people of faith in North Korea is much worse. As the United Nations Commission on Human Rights reported, and I quote, the violations of human rights in the DPRK constitute crimes against humanity, the gravity, scale, and nature of which has no parallel in the contemporary world. Open Doors has identified North Korea as the world's worst persecutor of Christians for the past 18 years. 
The North Korean regime formally demands that its officials act to, in their words, wipe out the seed of Christian reactionaries. And possession of a Bible is a capital offense. So you can be confident. As President Trump continues to pursue the denuclearization of North Korea and a lasting peace, the United States will continue to stand for the freedom of religion of all people of all faiths on the Korean Peninsula. The United States stands with all victims of religious persecution. And the American people have them in our hearts and in our prayers. Whether it be North Korea, China, Burma, Iran, or all around the world. But today I'd like to draw your attention to four men who have faced down enormous pressure to stay true to their faith. And whose release, even now, after long captivity, would help restore the reputation of the countries that have detained them. In Eritrea, the 90-year-old patriarch of the Orthodox Church, Abuna Antonius, continues an already 12-year-long house arrest because he refuses to excommunicate critics of the government in his church. In Mauritania, the blogger Mohammed Sheikh Moherti is still being held for criticizing the government's use of Islam to justify discrimination. In Pakistan, Professor Junaid Hafiz remains in solitary confinement on unsubstantiated charges of blasphemy. And in Saudi Arabia, blogger Raif Badawi is still in prison for the alleged crime of criticizing Islam through electronic means. All four of these men have stood in defense of religious liberty, the exercise of their faith, despite unimaginable pressure. And the American people stand with them. And so today, the United States of America calls upon the governments of Eritrea, Mauritania, Pakistan, and Saudi Arabia to respect the rights of conscience of these men and let these men go. While religious freedom is always in danger in authoritarian regimes, threats to religious minorities sadly are not confined to autocracies or dictatorships. The truth is they can and do arise in free societies as well, not from government persecution, but from prejudice. In Europe, where religious freedom was born as a principle and is enshrined in law, anti-Semitism is on the rise. In France and Germany, things have gotten so bad that Jewish religious leaders have warned their followers not to wear kippahs in public for fear that they could be violently attacked. And attacks on Jews, even on aged Holocaust survivors, are growing at an alarming rate. Regrettably, the world's oldest hatred has 
even found a voice in the halls of our United States Congress. So let me say clearly, anti-Semitism is not just wrong, it's evil. And anti-Semitism must be confronted and denounced wherever and whenever it arises, and it must be universally condemned. I met just this last week with Rabbi Yisrael Goldstein from Shabbat of Poway, the California synagogue that was the scene of a tragic shooting in April of this year. He was still wearing the bandage from a wound that he suffered during the attack. His courage was incredible. And while I was there, I also met the hero who chased the assailant out of the synagogue. And meeting him only confirmed in me an old truth that faith inspires heroes. That's why faith always triumphs. But to all the victims of persecution who are here with us today, know this. The American people are with you. We are with you. The people of the United States are inspired by your testimony and by your strength. And it steals our resolve to stand for religious liberty in the years ahead. The American people will always cherish religious freedom. And we will always stand with people across the world who take a stand for their faith. We've gathered here 106 nations strong because we believe in the freedom of conscience. The right of all people to live out their lives according to their deeply held religious beliefs. We're here today because we are and will forever remain dedicated to the principle that we are endowed by our creator. With certain inalienable rights. And among them are life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness. These are not the birthright of Americans. They, they're the birthright of the human race. And I promise you, under this president, we'll always respect the sovereignty and diverse cultures of every nation in the world. But as we do, America will continue to aspire to be that city on a hill that John Winthrop wrote about so long ago. We'll always continue to stand for the freedom to live, to work, and worship according to the dictates of your conscience. And freedom of religion will always be an American anthem. And so today, I thank you for being present here today. For the many nations represented here and for your solidarity with us and your determination in your nations to advance the cause of religious liberty. I leave here today with renewed confidence as I see all of you. And properly, I close with faith. Faith that we will make progress on behalf of religious liberty in the years ahead. You know, inscribed on the Liberty Bell, which was given to the United States of America by France shortly after we won our independence, are ancient words. It reads, Proclaim liberty throughout all the land and unto all the inhabitants thereof. Americans and liberty-loving people 
throughout the world and throughout our history have done this. And I believe with all my heart that as each of us in all the nations represented here renews our commitment to proclaim liberty throughout all our lands, that all faiths and freedom itself will flourish. For where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. So thank you all. Thank you for your stand. May God bless all who yearn for freedom and labor beneath persecution for their faith. May God bless all your nations. And may God continue to bless the United States of America. All right. That's the Vice President uh, Mike Pence. Hope you enjoyed his speech. I thought it was a great speech. I thought it was very, very interesting. Hope you did as well. Uh, coming up. Uh, at 3.35, the Salvation Army, the Commander Jay Spaulding is coming in. If he gets here a few minutes early, we may get to fit, pick a few minutes uh, with him as far as this half hour goes. If not, we're going to hear from Senator Rand Paul about the 9-11 victim compensation bill and explain to you what is going on with him and the argument with John Stewart. That's coming your way here on Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about uh, Dwayne Smith's insurance agency. Again, they want to sit down with you and show you how to save some money and get some better coverage on your car, your home, your motorcycle, your life insurance. They'll uh, sit down and, and run it through it all and let you see that perhaps you're paying more for less coverage than what you are, you know, paying more money and getting less coverage than what you can with folks over at Allstate at Dwayne Smith's Insurance Agency. Call 501-819-0373. That's 501-819-0373 and set up your time to sit down with their agents to get a better deal. All right, Zach, trivia question for you. Are you ready? This is one of my trivia questions that I had today. Uh, I get two every day. Yeah. And the uh, the question was, who was the first woman to dunk in an official WNBA game? Okay. I mean, I'm thinking of three names. I'm thinking of um, Cheryl Swoops. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of um, Reggie Miller's sister. Okay. And I can't think of her name from the, the Sparks, the Los Angeles Sparks. That's who I'm thinking of. I just can't think of her name right now. Her name was, and I got this right, Lisa Leslie. Leslie. That's it. That's what I was thinking of. And she yeah. was the first one to dunk in mm-hmm. a, an official WNBA game. But normally those three names come to mind when I think of WNBA all-time players and the first yeah. ones to dunk. Yeah, of course. She was a former professional basketball player who played in the uh, WNBA, mm-hmm. three-time WNBA MVP, yep, and a four-time Olympic gold medal winner. Uh, the number seven pick in the 1997 inaugural draft makes you wonder why she was seventh, doesn't it? Exactly. She followed her career at the University of Southern California with eight WNBA All-Star selections and two WNBA championships over the course of 11 seasons with the Los Angeles Sparks. She retired in 2009. It's been that long. Yes, Nine years? Yeah. Ten years? A decade ago? She's got to be in her mid-40s by now. Oh, my gosh. She became the first woman on July 30th, 2002, 
to dunk the ball in a WNBA game. So there you go. All right, so I, I promised you we'd talk a little bit. There's been a fight between uh, Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky and John Stewart. John Stewart saying that uh, there's 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 they need to fund this 9/11 victim compensation bill. Rand Paul says, "Wait a second, hold hold on a second. First of all, the Hill has a story on this. Let's hear the Hill's uh, story and uh, let you hear what Rand Paul has to say." I know John Stewart, and John Stewart is sometimes funny, sometimes informed, but in this case, he's neither funny nor informed. I've spent my entire Senate career putting forward pay-fors for any time spending has expanded. As, as, as soon ago as two weeks ago, I put forward a pay-for for the border funding. I put forward a pay-for for the disaster funding. I do this on every new bit of funding. So he's really not informed, and his name-calling just sort of exposes him as a, a left winger, part of the left-wing mob that really isn't using his brain and is willing to call people names. And it's it's really kind of disgusting because, see, he pretended for years when he was on his comedy show to be somebody who could see both sides and see through the BS on both sides. Well, now he is the BS. The BS meters through the roof when you see him calling people names, calling people an abomination, when I'm asking something very reasonable, that an amendment be included to consider whether we should pay for this for taking money somewhere else in the budget. doesn't actually reduce the deficit. It just keeps the deficit from getting bigger. It's a very reasonable thing. I've done it dozens and dozens of times, including on the tax bill. The left-wing mob says, oh, but you're for tax cuts, but you're not for doing anything to offset the tax cuts. There's something called PAYGO, and I was the leader in trying to keep that in the tax bill. It was in the tax bill when we passed it and was later taken out of the past, the tax bill over my objections. So the, the whole thing is but misrepresented did you and untrue. when it was taken out, I mean, or was it too late? I mean, their no, argument that they've been in. making it was still is in, actually. you, you were okay still. paying for, yeah, for, for, for a tax but cut, but not this stuff. Right. But they're misinformed, and they're either liars or misinformed. When we passed the tax bill, the pay-go provision was in the tax bill. So as we passed the bill, the next instruction should have been, by the end of the year, we would have had to cut spending. In a subsequent bill, they went ahead and got rid of the pay-go rules in some big, enormous spending bill. I objected to it, and I forced an amendment vote on it, and only nine people voted with me. But when I voted for the tax bill, it actually had provisions in it that said you'd have to cut spending if there's any less revenue. All right. That's, the, that's uh, Senator Rand Paul talking, and I think it's important to understand what he's saying there. He's trying to say, I just want us to stay from adding to the, to the debt. I'm trying to keep that. What I'm saying is that we're going to figure out a way uh, to we'll cut something else if we're going to pay for something else. We're just not going to pay for something else and and not not do that. And uh, and I'm 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 all about that. By the way, do you have that? How long is cut one? It's almost two minutes. It's is it too long for us to get it in? It's a minute. What forty six? It's too long. Okay, we can't get it in. Just hold those for Monday because it, it's something to talk about. Nobody's talking about the debt anymore, and we need to talk about the debt. They just keep adding on it and adding on it and adding on it and adding. Sooner or later, you're not going to have any more money to add to it. I mean, it's you know you just can't keep spending like a drunken sailor. That's something that needs to be, you know, we talked about this during Obama's term. Uh, we got to talk about it during Trump's term, too. We we can't turn our back 
on the national debt. It's going to it's going to really, uh, you know, hamstring our kids and our grandchildren if we don't get that under control. All right. Coming into the next half hour, uh, we're going to have Salvation Army. And I told you we're raising money for the Salvation Army. Now, I want you to go to 101FMTheAnswer.com. Uh, Click on the the red shield and make a donation. I don't care whether you donate it to me or Stephanie or not Stephanie Bethany or to uh, Steve, but donate to the Salvation Army. They need your help. We'll talk about why they need your help and what they do with the money that you're going to donate uh, here when we come back. Uh, Jay uh, Smalling will be with us in just a moment on the Dave Ellswick Show. But right now, let's check in on the news. All right, back with you, and uh, Jay Spaulding is with us. And when I, Captain, is it Captain Spaulding? Still Captain, yes, sir. Okay, Captain Spaulding. See, every time I say that, I think of Groucho Marx. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's a great scene from a movie that's not known by very many people. I know, I know. But still, it's just, it's funny stuff. Was that Duck Soup? Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's very funny. But anyway, I, I we've got him on. He's from the Salvation Army. I've been asking you to donate to the Salvation Army. They they changed the uh, the goal on me. I I went on today and it had been five hundred dollars. Now it's three thousand dollars. We got to step it up. We well, need a little extra dude, help. I, I was a little over fifty percent. I was feeling pretty good. <laughs> then I go today and I'm at three percent. I'm going say what? Well, yeah. they they got it. They got it. It's like when you when you're fishing, you know, you got it. You got to tease the bait, no, you get okay. him in there, and then I got you on the hook. You're good to go. It's All right, reel so in. we really need your help. I I told you that uh, I wanted to reach, but we'll keep it at five hundred dollars for Friday for today. All right, then next week, just know we got to come up with about twenty five hundred bucks. Yeah. Okay, to do this, and and you know, really that divide that by twenty. Because I'm asking for you to give a $20 donation. I've already given mine. All you have to do is is go to uh, the 101FMTheAnswer.com uh, website. Click on the red shield. And look, again, I don't care whether you put it in my uh, under my name or Bethany's name or Marston's name. Put it under anybody's name. But put it in the pot for the Salvation Army, because they just do so many good things. You know, there was somebody else I used to work with. Don't work with them anymore. You know that story. I work with the Salvation Army, have been uh, since 2001. I appreciate that. They're fantastic what they do. I already had heartburn about the other group because of my father in World War II, but we won't get into all of that. I want to be positive right now and just talk about all the good things that the Salvation Army does. Just for the listeners, this is not just about feeding meals and stuff. They've got a program that helps people get control of their lives again and make them productive citizens and productive members, hopefully, of heaven. Yeah. You know, talk a little bit about that. Uh, you know, that's our Pathway of Hope program. Everything that we have kind of leads into this. It's to get people from where they're at to where they need to be uh, matter of fact, last year we had a wonderful success story of a woman and her three kids who had came into our shelter and had absolutely nothing at that time. They came in through our shelter. 
They got into stable housing after that. They She is working, going back to school, paying off her student loans, and has just gone back so much that last year during Christmas, instead of her kids being on the angel tree, she was giving gifts to the angel tree. Uh, and all it just takes is a little bit of time, a little bit of donation, and we can change people's lives. Well, see, this is what we always talk about. You know, give a, a fish to somebody to eat for a day. You teach them how to fish, you change their life. Yeah. You can change your life. They eat forever at that That's point. Right. That's what you all are doing with this particular program. Yeah, we bring them in. We give them the life skills that they need. We get them connected with the right organizations. and Because, obviously, we're the Savage Army and we do a lot, but we can't do everything. So we partner with a lot of great groups here in central Arkansas and get people on the right path. But sometimes when people come in, they don't know where to turn. And we can kind of just be that God for them. Oh, let's do step one, step two, step three. We uh, and we work with those kind of those kind of people every day. Um, and that might be that they come in through our feeding program, where they come in through our camp program, and then that leads into where they need to be. All right. So l- let's talk about some of the other things that you do. Let me just bring up the recent flooding. I know you guys have been very very active about that. Yeah, we you know we had flooding all over Arkansas, Oklahoma. Um, and we had people serving in all different areas uh, across. Disaster service is nothing that's new to the Salvation Army. We've been doing it since the late 1800s. Um, and right now we have people that are deploying and heading out to the tropical storm that just hit the Gulf Coast. You know, we, we get a little bit of rain up here and we forget about it. Mm-hmm. But the people that are down there are still affected and they, and they will be affected for a while. You know, I've been down and I've served on, I think, in the, in the last 10 years, I've served on 15 different disasters uh, throughout, the, throughout the Southern Territory. So it's quite a bit. And, uh, you know, it's that time you talk about where we meet people in their most vulnerable times, yeah. not only in disasters, but when they come into our shelter, or they come into our different programs, um, and they can't hear about Jesus during that time. So this is a time where we can take care of their physical needs. And then we can help take care of their spiritual needs afterwards because we do all the things that we do uh, because we are we, we serve uh, a God who loves us so much. Yeah, I agree with that. I wholeheartedly agree with that. So remind my listeners because, you know, you give to certain organizations and then you find out, well, they sent uh, 30% of the giving up to some organization in New York City and they put in a phone system instead of, taking care of uh, the people on the ground. Yeah, all of our dollars here uh, are for Central Arkansas. It all stays right here locally. 86 86 cents out of every single dollar goes back into our community to help our people. Uh, The rest of that is administrative and and fundraising. That's it. Um, Unlike uh, a lot of people, we can can stand by that number. We can show those. We have open books. We have uh, a great way to show that, hey, here's what's going back into our community. Yeah, you guys are transparent about all this. We try to be as much as we can. And, and And it also says that, you know, we have great people on our advisory board, great people on our women's auxiliary, and great people of the community that are helps us with those checks and balances and make sure that we're doing what we're saying, what we're doing. And so, um, and we have great organizations and great people like you who come along the the whole the whole network here who is helping us out to not only raise a little bit of funds that's awesome, but also to raise awareness of what we're doing for our community um, because we all can't do it by ourselves. Yeah, because think of this. They- you know, you can give money, uh, you know, give that $20 that I'm asking. Uh, I mean, bottom line, that's what I'm asking of uh, my listeners. And that's like 100 listeners. Well, yeah. we got, I got many more than just 100 yeah. listeners. I know that for a fact. And $20 isn't even a fast food meal out for you. That's right. But we can do 10 meals with that in our For shelter. most people, it isn't anymore. Yeah. 
I, I have mean, a family of six. It, it, it's wow. 50 bucks if I drop it, if I go into a McDonald's. So, I mean, 20 bucks is going to change someone's meals, 10 meals for them. I can go see a movie by myself for 20 bucks. If I take my yeah. wife, it's 40. That's right. That's I'm just right. saying. It, 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 it doubles. It so, I'm willing to give up viewing one movie uh, to help the cause. So, I've done that. I went to, of course, went off to 101.1 FM. Uh, theanswer.com, clicked on Red Shield. I gave, I gave it just the same way you'll give it. You can give it on uh, a credit card. You can give it on your debit card. Uh, also, let me remind you, it will ask you if you'll take up and give the extra for uh, processing because credit cards ask for processing, and it's about $0.40 cents on a $20 gift. Yeah, guess what? I can give twenty dollars and forty cents, and I, I gave the forty that. cents to. Well, I want all that money to to hit where it needs to hit at. Thank and you. and we're just talking about the stuff that's going on right now. We're not even into the fall as we get ready for you know the angel tree and and everything else that's coming up. That's right. You know, we've we've been having a Christmas meeting since last January to prepare for Christmas, you know. Okay, now talk- do you guys like decorate a Christmas tree in that room so that you get that Christmas feeling while Not you're Not yet, but you know there's always a kettle <laughs> laying around my office somewhere and go. some kind of toy there. So it's, it's That's what you got to do. Next time you have the meeting, have the kettle out and ring the bell as they come into the meeting. Oh, we'll see. They might throw me out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get our break in. Uh, Jay Spaulding is here, Captain Jay Spaulding from the Salvation Army. Uh, a few more questions for him, but again, go to 101.1fmtheanswer.com, click on the Red Shield, make your $20 donation right now uh, to Dave Ellswick. To, I mean, look, Bethany's better looking than I am. If you want to do that, I'll understand it. Give it to Bethany uh, or give it to Steve because you feel sorry for him. Whichever you want to do, just give $20 right now to the Salvation Army. All right, back with you again. Remember, it's 1011fmtheanswer.com. Click on the uh, the link for the Red Shield and uh, just click on my name or Bethany's name or Steve's name and donate $20. I, I want you to do that right now. Uh, while you can, if you're at work, you can do it off of the computer there. Uh, they'll take credit cards. They'll take, uh, of course, your uh, debit card. I use my debit card. And pay for the processing fee as well. It's $0.40. Cents. Look, that's not even how much a soda costs anymore. I go downstairs buy a soda. It's a buck now. That's right. You know, used to be $0.75. Cents. Now it's up to a dollar. If I can afford a soda, I can uh, you know, afford to pay uh, the, the price it's going to cost, uh, process, uh, a give, a gift again, $20. I need about a hundred people to do that. That would really help out what we're doing. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let Bethany and, and Steve off of this completely. We'll do a hundred people that it gives over $2,000 and go from there. We can do it. I know. I know we can. Yeah. You know, we have such great giving people in this community. Now I've only been here since October. Uh, but I've found uh, just in, in most communities, there are people yeah, you're who want to give. Around here. I am. I, I'm brand, I mean, <laughs> I've been in Arkansas for a while, but new to this area. And I, I tell you, people have been so kind to us since we've been here and, and supporting uh, the work that the Salvation Army does. And uh, well, you lets know us what? know. You know, Jay, people believe in it because you guys, you say what you're going to do and then you do what you say. 
And that's what people want to know if they're going to give their hard-earned money. $20 is $20. Not a lot of money, but it's still, you had to work for it. That's right. That's right. It had to come from somewhere. And so we try to be the best stewards that we can uh, for the people. Um, and it, it's more than just, it's the 20 bucks. And we know that if someone gives us that, uh, we have to do what we're going to do, what we say we're going to do with it. But we have to do the best that we can with that. We don't want it to just be, oh, uh, I want to say another charity, but... We want to make sure that what we're doing gets a good return, that these people are able to go out and become members of our society again. Well, I give more than just you all, all right? $20. I, I do as well. I do as well. You know, well, to so. you, and, uh, you know, I'm I'm a big supporter of the Dorcas House. Yeah. I love what they do. And then I, I give my tithes every paycheck to my church, and then right. my church does a lot. New Life Church does a whole yeah. lot. In this community, and uh, but I have a lot. I know there's people saying, "Well, that may be you, Dave." And, well, let me just say, think about where you live. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you. You say that you know I give twenty dollars. That's tough for me. There's people that don't make twenty dollars a year. That's right. That's right. We are blessed in this in this nation. We are absolutely blessed. I've said it. I'll say it again. You should get up every morning. And say a prayer and thank God that you won the lottery of life and you were born in the United States of America. That's right. You know, and the Savage Army serves in, in almost 130 countries around the world. Yeah. And uh, our poverty here is, is nothing like poverty around the world. But what we do have here, we can try to help out the best that we can. Um, and uh, we want to make sure that these people know that they're loved, that they're taken care of, and that they're supported. Um and like I said earlier, it's always great to see these people who come from absolutely nothing and have nothing here and then become these members where they're giving back. And we see that the people who are in the most need or that struggle the most tend to give more in smaller doses, longer time. So it's that's, a big thing. That's interesting because, you know, Arkansas as a state uh, is not a rich state. It's a very poor state. Yeah. But when you look in how much money uh you know, the population of states give towards uh, nonprofit groups. Arkansas is always in the top five, I believe. Yeah. Well, they have seen what it's like to be in want. And, yeah, I remember and, that. And so you understand. And, and not only Arkansas, but, you know, we, we have a little bit more of a rural area. Even though we live in a, a big population here, we have rural areas in Arkansas. And they know when, when crops don't work or when there there's you know bad floods, the, those things take a big toll. Yep. And people, their neighbors come alongside and help them. And so they do the same thing. They want to give back when they have a little bit of extra. All right. Anything coming up in, in the future, new things at the Salvation? I mean, Salvation Army is going to be doing. I mean, this whole thing of helping families is something that's kind of new that you all are doing. It's only been around for like, what, two, maybe three years? Oh, yeah, just uh, well, we've been around probably about seven or eight years in, in the Pathway of Hope okay. um, program. It, it has changed a little bit over the last couple of years. Time goes fast. That's right. It does. When you're it getting does. old like me. <laughs> uh, we do have, I, I, I want to ask for a little bit of prayer. Okay. Um, we have uh, some wonderful opportunities coming up of some possible grants coming our way. Okay. Um, and so if some if they could pray for that, not only will that do a lot of renovation in in the current building that we're in, but for one of those grants, it's to build a brand new playground system for the kids that are in our shelter. Wow. And uh, how much does something like that run? Oh, we're talking $20,000 just for the playground equipment. 
not including you know making it safe for them and yeah, so, secure you know, people and all those hear of that and they think oh, that's not a lot of money you know and then they hear how much money it is and it is a lot of oh, money. oh it is it is and because we want to make this the best we can so these kids can have a great place to play even when they're in the hardest of times so uh, if if we could pray for that man that that'd just be absolutely wonderful because you know we are and we are at our facility and people we know but to put it out there like this, don't don't get me wrong. I want the twenty dollars. I want the Red Shell Showdown to go great, uh, but I want that to go as well. No, just keep it in mind. All right, I, I know my my listeners will do that. There's one thing that I found out, and Zach will attest to this because he's been at at the board when we've done things like this. When we ask people to give, our listeners give, yeah. and so. I'm asking you to give again. I probably won't ask you again until around Christmas time. Well, I won't. I can't say that because I know Dorcas House. I'm going to get them on here in the near future as yeah. well, and they're going to need your help. Also. They're great people. They do a lot oh of amazing God. work they there. Just, I love Dorcas. I'm yeah. just I'm, look. Dorcas is not the Dorcas that it was named after. I don't want to get into all of that. <laughs> but the bottom line, she is just such a special person. Yeah. When you you get to know her, she's yeah. such a loving person. It's amazing, but uh, yeah, we'll be we'll be doing some because we'll be trying to get all the cleaning supplies and all that stuff. It's that so good to hear need. that because we have such a great working relationship with them. When there's something that we can't fill in and they can, and vice versa, I love that about the community here. We our our social justice places, our nonprofits work really well together when help trying to help out the people of our community. All right, so. Again, it's uh, 1011FMTheAnswer.com. Don't have to call anywhere. Just go online. So you're at work right now. You can do that. If you're at home, you can do that. You can do it on your on your smartphone, whatever, because I, I check on it on my yeah. smartphone uh, and, and, and see how things are going. But go to 1011FMTheAnswer.com. Click on the Red Shield Challenge and go there and give 20 bucks. I don't care if you look my name's first, so it's easy to click on That's my right. name, right? You know, click and on it'd mine. be better for you to reach your goal first. Yeah. I mean, why not? And they, you know, the reason that I, they put me first is because I'm the old codger now, <laughs> you know, they call me a legend and they call me this and it's all around age. We got right. ageism running out our ears <laughs> here. On, <laughs> I just hit that 40 year mark. And so now I like, I feel like I've lost anything that was young adult. To me. Yeah, I'm yeah. Gone, I'm out of that. I'm in the next age bracket now. But see, now you're you you're, you're seasoned. That's right. You know, you're seasoned. They they'll, they'll call you different things now, it, <laughs> but young will not be one of them. You got that right. <laughs> Rookie won't be it's one going of out, them. It's either, been going out the door for a long time. As now. far as that 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 goes. Okay, I I got about two minutes left, so I'm going to ask you to give, uh, I because I think it's just such a great program. A program about helping people that are, you know, you want to give them a new start in life. We do. It's called our Pathway of Hope program. This is a program where we take people from absolutely nothing and we make them a part of the community again. Uh, Whether they come in through our feeding program, our angel tree program, uh, whatever that might be, or if they're just coming in for maybe it's rent or utility assistance, it might be that we are keeping them in their house or it might be that we have to start all over from the very beginning and getting them into a place of their own. Whatever it is, we want to get them back to that place in the community where they can help others out. And there's classes and all kinds yeah, of stuff. I mean, that's right. Learn how to budget and all of that. They, yeah. 
you know what they have maybe didn't never been taught to them now it will be yeah that's right and we're working we do all aspects of their family if their family needs something we try to find the resource for them to whether that's getting their kids into school or getting them uh, tutors or whatever that might be we work on that as well all right jay you're welcome here anytime thank you so much please come back by uh next week sometime we'll set up a time so you can bring us up to how much money we've raised thus far and uh, we're looking to go to three thousand dollars again 1011 fm com. click on the red shield challenge you'll see it and uh, just follow the instructions there give 20 bucks now we're not going to turn forty down, or we won't turn a hundred dollars down. No, we won't, we won't turn, turn it any down. any that's right any kind of donation. If you want to give more, feel free to do that if that's where your heart leads you. But I'm just setting a, a twenty dollar goal, something really easy and really fast that you can help us with. That's right. Thank you all so much. We really and don't forget your this goes for you on Facebook as well. You're watching. We know that there's thousands of people watching because we're getting all the numbers in. It's fantastic. You can do it too. 1011fmtheanswer.com. Donate $20. They're already online, so it makes yeah, it even easier. That's exactly right. Do that and do that uh, today. Let's get out of here, man. Thank you so much. We really right. appreciate it. Coming up, 4 o'clock, Geek Squad's going to start converging here. In the 5 o'clock hour, Josh is going to call us. Heffy is going to call us from out in San Diego. He's at Comic Con, so we'll find out. What's going on there? I wonder if he went to that big thing about uh, Terminator today. Schwarzenegger and Hamilton were both there. Did you hear about that? Yeah, they were on the stage. Said the, the clans went nuts. The fans went nuts. Furlong is going to be in the movie. They just announced it this morning. But that said, back with more in a moment. All right, into the 4 o'clock hour we go here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Mark Pellegrini will be with us in just a moment. Shane Stacks will be joining us in a little while. In the 5 o'clock hour, Josh will be with us from San Diego. He's out at Comic-Con. Big things going on out there. A lot of different uh, special panel discussions happening. Uh, One today, uh, I just kind of mentioned it a moment ago, was for uh, Terminator. Uh, the new movie coming out in November. Uh, they had uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger there and Linda Hamilton, uh, Sarah Connors, and uh, the T-800, of course, uh, doing their their thing, talking about being back together, the movie being rated R this time. The last two have been rated PG-13, and uh, a lot of people have not been happy with that because they cut down on a lot of the gore. Uh, in in the movie The Blood and the Gore, and people go see Terminator. I mean, look, when you're fighting a, a machine that can rip your, you know, your arms out of their sockets and things of that nature, you expect that there's going to be uh, some visual uh, blood that's that's shown. So they're going back to the the, the R rating. Uh, you've got the guy, uh, was it Tim Miller? I guess is his name. Is the director of the movie? He's the one who directed the Deadpool movie. Uh, so he's directing the movie. James Cameron uh, is producing. He's the man who gave us the original Terminator and T2. And uh, the other thing is, is that uh, uh, he'll be there to, you know, kind of keep that ship, you know, trying to right the ship on this. 
and and get it going in the right place. Because what Cameron has done is they did for they're doing for the Terminator what they just did for this Halloween movie that came out. They're saying all that other Halloween crap that you saw after Halloween two, or in fact after Halloween one, doesn't exist. It's as if it never happened. Although I I think they could have done Halloween, picked it up after Halloween two if they had wanted to. But the bottom line is they didn't. They 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 jumped right from Halloween one to this. This is the sequel, and that's what they're now with this uh, new uh, 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 not Halloween but Terminator movie. Uh, it's a direct sequel to Terminator two. And it only, it takes place, and this is what I'm kind of excited about, Zach. You tell me what you think of this. This is not going to be one of those Terminator movies where things are going on for days and days, you know. This is 36 hours after the end of Terminator 2. So that's, it's going to be, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, This whole thing, have you heard about how, the Terminator, this new Terminator that they've got for this movie, the stuff that that covers the the exoskeleton of this Terminator, and we saw that in the first movie, if you remember, by the end of it, Schwarzenegger wasn't on screen; just the skeleton of the of the the T eight hundred was. So here you have the the skin, for a better word, can liquefy and move off of the exoskeleton and form into other things. And the exoskeleton is there by itself. It's, I mean, think about this. Very cool. If you've seen the, if you've seen the uh, the trailer, it's pretty cool how he takes that. And he forms that big piece of rebarb that he throws at him. That's part of him. So it's yeah. This I'm looking forward to this. So anyway, they had the big uh, in Hall H, which is the big hall. Uh, they had that, and that was one of the big things that they uh, they were discussing today. Another thing, uh, AMC uh, got into uh, Hall H, had a Hall H panel today, dealing with uh, fear of the Walking Dead. Just announced uh, today they've been renewed for a sixth season. They showed off the opening minutes of season five, episode eight. Uh, The Walking Dead, AMC's main series, uh, kicks off its 10th season, as they announced today, in October. So the 10th season. Now, the big thing that came out of uh, uh, the talk about Walking Dead is that Michonne... This is her last season. She won't be in the show any longer after this upcoming season. And there's a couple other things I'm going to tell you in just a second. That's uh, kind of cool uh, about this that I want to mention to you. It says that uh, they're also going to be joined, uh, The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead. There is going to be a new spinoff series. Don't know what it's going to be about. They didn't talk about that. It's expected to arrive sometime in 20, 
20. So, of course, that's next year. And then they announced there's some upcoming made-for-TV movies starring Andrew Lincoln coming back to play the part of Rick Grimes. Well, that was something I had not heard about. In other words, the Walking Dead universe isn't going anywhere soon. I think that we can all agree uh, with that. It's not going anywhere in the very near future. Uh, some, And I'll talk with Mark and I'll talk with Shane and I'll talk with Josh about this as well. Some new trailers coming out. Uh, I don't know if you've seen them yet, but if you haven't, go go to YouTube and share them out. Did you did you just hear what I said about uh, the Walking Dead uh, being announced today? They 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 renewed Fear the Walking Dead, Zach. Another season, and yeah, another season of mm-hmm. that. They've got the Walking Dead kicks off its tenth season. Wow, I thought it was more than that. And tenth season in October. Okay, Michonne. You know who I'm talking about? Katana Sword. Last year for her. She's done after this next coming season. Plus, Walking Dead and Fear will be joined by another spinoff series that comes next year in 2020. And then I had not heard about this. I had heard that they were thinking about a spinoff series, but I had not heard about this. Had you hear, heard about this? They're going to do... Upcoming made-for-TV movies, plural, all right? Not movie, movies, starring Andrew Lincoln as Rick Grimes. I had not heard that. So as uh, I said at the end when I was talking about this earlier, uh, the Walking Dead universe is well and alive. It's, it's still making a lot of money for AMC. That's the bottom line is what it's doing. Yeah, I just like I said, I watched um, a little bit of season three years ago, but that was it. I just... You, got, not, you couldn't get into it. I'm not interested in it, to tell you the truth. All right, I was. I'm Now, I have not watched season nine, and that's because, I'll be honest, Rick Grimes was one of my favorite characters. Now that he's gone, I don't know if I'll be into it, although... Uh, the other guy's still into it, so and he's evidently hanging hanging in there. Be interesting to see what they're going to do with a another spinoff series, and if they're going to do it the way they've done Fear, in that they took people who were in the original Walking Dead and they just keep they kept kind of taking the timelines and crossing them, and the people end up moving between the series. I think that's a that's kind of a unique concept as far as I'm concerned. Uh, new trailers out that you need to watch, and I'm going to talk with Shane and I'm going to talk with Mark about these. So I hope they've seen them, and I'm going to talk to them about some other uh, things that are being announced. But the new It trailer is out. Looks exceptional. Just I'm, I, you know, when I saw, I, you know, I knew what they were going to do because what they did is they took the book and they, and they, and they did the movies differently than the book. The way the book is done, uh, it's nonlinear. You, you, you're following the grownups and the kids at the same time, same time. It keeps going past, back to present, past, present, past, present. In the movie, to keep that from being confusing, they made a movie to start off with about 
what they told you was the present, but was really the past. Yep. It's about the kids. Mm -hmm. And now in part two, it's going to be about the present of those kids that are 27 years older. Yep. Is how it's going to happen. And it looks awesome. You're right. I woke up this early this morning, just at a random time. I couldn't fall back to sleep. It's like, you know what? I'm going to watch these trailers. You know, that was the one I watched that was second because I watched Top Gun first. Yeah, that's the other trailer that came out. I'm I'm going to share some things, my thoughts on that, too. But go ahead. But, yeah, you're right. It You know, Chapter 2, that trailer did look good. And, uh, I mean, hey, he's been waiting for them for over 27 years. I have dreamed of you for 27 years. Yes. Ooh. Mm -hmm. And you, Pennywise, is who we're talking about. And Pennywise... Uh, I can only think if, you know, he, he don't want to get, you know, he wants, he wants to get, doesn't want to just get even. He wants to destroy them. I can't imagine the things he's thinking, he's thought of yeah. for 27 years to get back at him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, that, I can't imagine. The trailer showed some interesting uh, concepts, but I got to tell you, I'm with you. As much as the It trailer got me excited, the Top Gun yes. trailer is freaking awesome it's so majestic i mean it's have you have you seen it yet mark not the top gun one but Uh-oh. the, the uh, it chapter looks two good one, it looked fantastic <laughs> i was uh, i was all about that yeah so there's two uh two movies so far the rest of the year that i'm really excited for it's it chapter two and scary stories to tell in the dark i know you're you're up for that my it is one i'm really up for too but i'm waiting for terminator <laughs> I'm just telling you, well, I, I think it's going to be great. Number one, it's going to be rated R. Yeah. And number two, Cameron's got his hands all over it. And Tim Miller is a good director. Uh, yeah. I mean, James Cameron also gave his seal of approval to Terminator Genesis. So, I mean, I'm not so sure. <laughs> if they would have made that in an R-rated movie, it would have been good. Genesis? Yeah. Maybe. Uh, and if 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 Cameron had written the script... Well, honestly, I mean, there, there's a, I don't think there's any substitute for Cameron. And Cameron's not directing the new one, is no, he? He's no, just it's producing Tim Miller. It. Tim Miller. Oh, that's right. She just told yeah, me Tim from Miller. Deadpool. Yeah, I well, think, I I think like he's going to do. So, yeah. yeah, he could do good. I, I just Very saw, different kind of movie, though. They got a four-minute uh, piece out now that they released at Comic-Con mm-hmm. uh, of uh, Schwarzenegger and Hamilton. Uh, I've seen uh, bits of that. Yeah, it's and it's, pretty pretty cool. It's very old school. Yeah, I mean no, and that's what this movie is supposed to be like. I mean, yeah. this is the this is the sequel to to Terminator Two. It's, it's a yeah. direct sequel. It's ignoring the three hours. other movies we got, just that like we, we did need. with Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> Precisely, and that one had to ignore like eight movies. Yeah, and some really really yeah. crappy ones. Well, they also announced that Edward Furlong is going to be back as John. They announced that today. Yeah. Have you seen Edward Furlong these days? It don't though? matter. I'm Yeah, I mean, it's exciting to get him back in yeah. there, but uh unless he's been secretly hitting the gym for the past like 2 years to try and pull it off, I have a feeling he's going to be the butt of a joke, the character John Connery is. He's going to be like Fat Thor in uh, Endgame, you know. Well, he might <laughs> Like, oh, you were supposed to be, be the, the leader of the rebellion, know. but look at you now, John, you're you're fat and kind of <laughs> gross looking. I've got a uh, article that says the Terminator reunion didn't feel complete until James Cameron confirmed the return of Edward Furlong as John Connor. And the Tim Miller directed Terminator Dark Fate, which uh, recons all sequels except Cameron's Terminator 2 Judgment Day. The third film in this trilogy 
as Linda Hamilton back as Sarah Connor, so it would be strange to see a continuation of the story without the son. He's kind of the main character in a way. Who is the key the component. Yeah. Everything, everything was about John. Everybody, you got to save John. John's the, the future. All right. So uh, this has led to a lot of speculation as to what John's role would be in Dark Fate, arriving in theaters in November. Would we see him as the leader of the same resistance, started in a different future? Or maybe we'll see him sending Reese back in some sort of futuristic flashback sequence. The answer is neither. Yeah. Okay, do you want the spoiler? Go Well, does the audience want the spoiler? Is there, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think so. But here's my, my prediction. Is there going to pull a Last Jedi Luke Skywalker on us? No. Um, no? Okay. No. Because no. it's Tim Miller. He's a comedian. He's a subversive comedian. And so knowing what Edward Furlong looks like these days, I have a feeling that he's going to pop up and he's going to be a big fat failure who didn't lead the rebellion of against the machines and that uh, he's just going to be the butt of a joke. And his two movies about how important John was in the third movie in this trilogy, he's a big fat loser. Ha ha ha. You know, like how Luke Skywalker was the character we watched for the original trilogy. And I will tell you what's going to happen loser. when we go to the break. Yeah, no, keep, uh, you know, if you can... Uh, I won't say it Pleasantly on Pleasantly surprise me, please. I would it's appreciate gonna be, it. I think it's kind of interesting. <laughs> this is this is definitely all Cameron, Okay, the way he's going to do it. Well, I'm just telling you, it's all so Cameron. So the spoiler's out there for the people who want to go look it up, right? Yep, okay. absolutely. It's all out right. there if you want to look at it because they unleashed it today at Comic-Con. By the way, mm-hmm. at 5 o'clock, Josh will join us today. Cool. From San Diego, so we'll see oh, if we're gonna he, get some direct see if he, Yeah, see mm-hmm. if he was in Hall H today at any time, <laughs> if he slept overnight out in the hallways or whatever. Yeah. Knowing Josh, he probably did. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll take more. Uh, uh, we'll talk more. I want to talk to you. I'll show it to you while we're at the break of Top Gun. And wait till you see this. It's a fantastic trailer. And Tom Cruise, it looks great. As It's called Top Gun Maverick. Just to give you an idea. We got more coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I never thought of it that way, Mark. Mark just said that Tom Cruise is Dorian Gray. He's got a picture hidden somewhere. (laughs) Do you know the story of Dorian Gray, Zach? Yeah. He He was this guy that went out and lived the wildlife, right? And so his picture had all of his sins on it. Yeah, so his picture. So he stayed, yeah, yeah, and he stays young. I mean, yeah, you're right. The guy that he shows him acting with <laughs> is probably maybe ten or twelve years older, but he looks like he's eighty years older I than mean, him. The actress from Top Gun, like, oh, ugh, she, yeah, uh, she aged naturally. I'll, I'll yeah. give her that, but Tom Cruise did not. Tom no, Cruise, Tom is still young. Yeah. He's as I like to call it. I call it Dick Clark disease. <laughs> All right, he stays young. Just the way Dick Clark used to. All right, so Mark's going to stick around. Shane Stacks is probably getting ready to get on his way over here. I got new information about Halloween for you, buddy. Oh, I think I might have heard that. You're going to love this. More coming in a moment. Back with you. (laughs) Sitting here. I just saw that they had a trailer out for Jay and Silent Bob 2. 
I so I really liked the Kevin Smith, Jay and Silent Bob movies when I was in high school. Like I was yeah. all over those. They're really big in the late nineties, you know, when I was in high school. So that was like right then like Mall Rats, Dogma, Chasing Amy was, was more of his indie uh rom com thing, not big on that. But then Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, Clerks obviously, which I actually rewatched about a month ago and that one still it really holds up. It's a really funny movie. The question is, all right, in the culture we live now. If Kevin Smith is going to do what he did back in the 90s. That is a good question because Kevin Smith is pretty hard left, but he's kind of like we were just talking about. He's the old school kind of leftist where, you know, he would make fun of anything. He was a George Carlin type. You know, there was no no protected class from comedy. Does he still feel that way? Does he still think that way? Have to see. I mean, the last uh, movie of his I watched was Clerks 2. I haven't watched those horror movies he made like uh, Tusk no, or Yoga Hosers. I've heard they're awful. Um, but Clerks 2 is the last one he did. Um, I thought that one was all right. Uh, it didn't really have me busting the gut like the older ones were, did. I kind of wondered if maybe I outgrew Kevin Smith movies. That's pop- uh, you know? may have outgrew. Yeah. You might outgrow Jay and, and Silent Bob. I'm yeah. just saying. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> just saying. It's it's hard to tell though because I mean like I said I rewatched Clerks not uh, too long ago and I I was really surprised how well it held up it was a very good comedy it was just a good movie um, I wonder if I'd feel that way if I sat down and watched Mallrats I haven't watched that one since high school since I was a teenager and like is this one funny because I was fifteen or is it funny yeah. because it's funny we'll see all right yeah. anyway uh, just to bring everybody up to date because I when it comes to baseball you know I love baseball Zach. Your Cardinals better keep winning, and so those Brewers better keep winning to keep up with the Cubs. Cubs win today, six to five. They score in the bottom of the eighth to win it, six to five. And guess who came in in the ninth inning? Kimbrough. One, two, three, done. He's gonna, he's gonna be Mister. We're gonna just shut the door on you. That's what we're going to do. He's going to be the Cubs' new Lee Smith again. I'm all about that. I tell you, I met Lee Smith. Huge guy. He was huge. Remind me to tell you the story off the air. I cannot tell my Lee Smith story on the air. Okay. Yeah, I took part. I'm I'm friends with, with Stoddart. Uh, Stoddart played for uh, uh, East Chicago, Washington, when I played for Highland High School, and, and uh, I dated his sister, and so we became very good friends. He went on to play, of course, at North uh, North Carolina State, played basketball there because he was a great basketball player, then went to play ba- played baseball on the side, ended up in the major leagues. If you've ever seen uh, the rookie mm-hmm. about the kid, remember he's on first base and he's going, pitcher's got a big butt, pitcher's yeah. got – that's Stoddard that's playing the pitcher. <laughs> All right. And I wow, was giving okay. him – I was giving That goes him, back a ways. Yeah, wow. I was giving him crap about it. Because I I was in the I was not in the dug I was in the clubhouse getting him to do some Christmas stuff for me for the Air Force, and uh, Lee Smith was next to him and remind me to tell my story to you <laughs> the next break and you'll love it it's very good Lee Smith was just a he had to be six six just a big guy I can't imagine standing at the plate and him throwing at you Woo! he's going into the Hall of Fame this year I had to watch that watch the induction mm. it's going to be cool. Anyway, enough about baseball. Cubs win. <laughs> Cubs win. Fly to W. I'm going to get me a W flag. Zach, are you, can can you handle that? Being a being a Cardinal fan, can you handle looking up and seeing the white flag with the blue W on it? 
<laughs> Shaking his head. Shaking his head, yeah. It's fun to be a Cub fan and go after the card fans for a while. Well, everyone while made fun of the Cubs for a long time for being losers. So I mean, yeah, hey. you better believe we were losers. <laughs> the Wrigley's when they owned that team, they destroyed that 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 club. Anyway, enough of that. Uh, Halloween made news today. It did out at uh, at Comic Con, and don't forget, uh, we're going to hear from Josh today. He's out at Comic Con. I've been getting pictures all week from him <laughs> as he's made his cross country trek. Uh, he sent me this picture of him having a burger somewhere in New Mexico. I don't know. Out in the desert where, somewhere, yeah, nuclear somewhere. testing range. I have no idea. Yeah, probably radioactive meat. But uh, talking, uh, he's there now. I don't know where he's. The guy that he typically travels with couldn't go this year. So I'm, I don't know if he's like sleeping in his car or what. I just tell you, he he's pretty amazing about making these Comic-Con trips. From here to San Diego, that is a heck of a trip. It's a long, it's a long ride. Go across forty all the way across, <laughs> brother. That's what you do, and you cross a lot of desert. I mean, I gotta, there. yeah, I gotta make the drive to Bell County, Texas, Temple, Texas, uh, two weeks from now for Bell County Comic Con, and that's like wow, an eight Temple, or, Texas. Yeah, I know Temple. Yeah, Tim's uh, Tim's already there. So instead of riding with him, I'm gonna be driving by myself this time. That's like an eight hour drive. Yeah, it's all a by long yourself. ride. Yeah. I go through Temple. When I go see my uh, my daughter, she lives in San Antonio. Oh, cool. so we go through there, and of course, great military base there, right around uh, uh, Temple. That, mm-hmm. uh, I like to stop at and visit. You got some pretty cool displays and stuff, static displays you can look at and stuff. Anyway, let's talk about Halloween. Halloween, because I know you got to be excited about this, because yeah. you're like me, you're a big Halloween fan. I am, and they just announced uh, two new movies. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's talk about that because yeah. there, you and I both agree. It sounds like to me that John Carpenter, who was at the panel discussion today, uh, it's going to be cool. He's confirmed that the saga of Michael Meyer and Laurie Strode will continue next year and the year after. Yep. So the second movie in this new trilogy, the first one obviously was Halloween that came out last year. The second one that comes out next year is Halloween Kills. Ooh, it just yeah, sounds good. <laughs> Halloween Kills. I love that too. <laughs> and then the one after that that comes out in either 2021 or 2022 whenever is going to be Halloween Ends. Yeah, we don't want to yeah. give it away, but <laughs> they do say Halloween Ends in the title. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it will never be the last Halloween movie. This is one of those forever franchises. Because he for, never dies. Yep. But for this uh, for this storyline, it'll be the last one that they do before they reboot or soft reboot again. Well, and you said to me during the break, and, and, and I agree wholeheartedly with you, is that when you do something like this, what you're going to do is trilogy. What you want to do is keep the same writers. Yep. You want to keep the same director. And you want to keep the cast. Exactly. And that's what they've done here. You plan it out from the beginning. You keep the same people on board so that it stays consistent throughout all three movies. That's how George Lucas made his trilogy. That's how Steven Spielberg made the original Indiana Jones movies. That's how Peter Jackson made his Lord of the Rings movies. Yes. But if you want a bad example of, you know, people just different people doing every single movie, you end up with the recent Star Wars trilogy where J.J. Abrams, the first one, did not plot the storyline in advance, left everything over to... uh, uh, Ryan, and then but just did yeah. New Hope over again. Yeah, he just he just remade New Hope, and then they left everything that that uh, Ryan guy, 
and he just had no idea what the plot was going to be. He just made everything up. It was almost like a round robin sort of storytelling, and it nothing holds together. And it was just a, a bad set of movies. We still got one to go, but that's how. But not I'll to go make a see movie. it. I'll go well, see it. A lot I mean, of people I'm will. I'm a sucker. I'm yeah. a sucker. But I, here's the one I refuse to go see. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go see The Lion King this oh, weekend. No, I, I'm not seeing any of these Disney remakes. I enjoyed the animated ones. Now I'll just keep the animated ones. The Lion King. It looks. It seems like what's the point? They're remaking the movie, but they're using CG animation that's hyper realistic, yeah. so the characters can't emote because they have to look like real lions. So it's just the Lion King without any energy or passion, and it's with their boring. mouth moving like clutch oh, cargo. Yeah, yeah, exactly, like clutch cargo. <laughs> it looks like, uh, geez, that, that's an old pool, but yeah, yeah. Um, no, it just that's it, pool it looks, from when I was a kid. Yeah, I remember reruns of that. But yeah, it just it looks boring. It looks uh, it did look boring yeah. to me. And I mean, I watched uh, the Jungle Book remake, and I did enjoy that one. And the Cinderella one, not really my kind of movie, but I could tell it was all right. But I'm just not into these. As much as I like the Jungle Book remake, mm-hmm. the Mulgoy that's on Netflix. Have you seen that one? Oh, the um, is that the one by Andy Cir- yes. Circus? Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah. Yes. I have not checked that one out. No. That That's not, you know, the bear, you know, doing bear necessities yeah. and all that crap. No, we're talking the real book. Is this more Kipling uh, yes. than Disney? Yeah. And it's awesome. Okay. It was really, for young kids, maybe a little dark for them, but yeah. it's really a good book, a really good movie. I really okay. enjoyed it. Thought yeah. it was awesome. They kind of had to sideline that one because Disney got theirs out first. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's what they did. Okay, so Gordon Green co-wrote Halloween Kills uh, with Danny McBride and Scott Teams, and Halloween End script has been read, uh, written, and it's been written with McBride, and I don't know these other, Paul Brad Logan and Chris Bernier. Now, you're a big writer. Have you heard those names before? No, but I'm not a screenwriter, so I'm sure if okay. I was uh, writing scripts, I'd probably know who these people are. It says that, as the title suggests, the third film is intended to be the end of the saga. Carper, uh, Carpenter again involved, hopefully providing brand new scores for the films. Well, I mean, it's a good sign that John Carpenter is involved, period, with these movies. Carpenter, if you've ever watched an interview with him, he's uh, like pathologically standoffish. He, uh, he yep. almost seems like he's annoyed just at being interviewed. He's always very grouchy. Um, and then chain smoking, of course. So the the fact that they could get him interested and wanting to contribute to these movies is a good sign. I mean, the Halloween that came out last year, I thought was pretty good. I thought it was yeah. excellent. I, I really, mean, really liked it. Certainly, a lot. the the best Halloween movie we've gotten in a very, very long time. Uh, so, I, and I enjoyed it. And they left it open ended enough, so obviously they had room for these sequels to come out. And they're going to be rated R. They will not. They prom- they've already promised they will not be PG thirteen. Yeah, like a slasher movie that should never be PG thirteen. Well, yeah. that's, see, that's what that's what Schwarzenegger was saying at Comic Con. Terminator, the first two movies were rated R. They were. I couldn't go see them when I, so Terminator two came out when I was a kid, and I couldn't go see it. That My, because they were violent. Yep, they were the very violent. I mean, you watch them now, and they're probably not that much more violent than what you'd see in a PG thirteen movie yeah. today, maybe. But there is, I think there's, that's going to uh, change this yeah, time. <laughs> but, yeah, they're going to dial it up. But, I mean, they they have some stuff in there, like the T-1000 putting that uh, blade through the stepdad's mouth in the milk carton. Yeah. Like that, that was not something you're going to see in Avengers, I, I assure yeah. you. But, yeah, no, they 
R-rated action movies, you don't really get, outside of John Wick, I guess, you don't really get a lot of them these days because... Did you see John Wick 3? I have not. I've actually only seen John Wick 2 in that trilogy, and I liked it. You guys see one, then. I want to see all three of them, so I'm going to wait for a DVD to come out that has the whole trilogy on it, and And then check that out. That's a great, and you'll appreciate this, Mark. Listen as you're watching, and I know you do this because you're a writer. You listen to scripts as Mm -hmm. as they're being delivered by the actors. Uh, I think the way they write, they wrote, the, the the John Wick scripts were really, really good. I, I really liked uh, part two. They did a good job of weaving in a mythology, you know, of how that entire underworld works in this universe. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I could jump into chapter two and right. I was completely up to speed. Um, but they also managed to mix in just the hardcore nonstop violence of just shooting, shooting, shooting. Yep. And with just enough substance with the whole mythology they built in so that it's perfectly balanced of action and content. And that's not something you get a lot. It's usually either too mythology heavy, like someone's very clearly trying to write an epic and it gets kind of boring or it just overloads you. Or it's a brainless action movie where it's just dudes shooting each other and ends up like Fast and the Furious or something. Well, I can tell you right now, it's got... Wick one, two, and three, four. Didn't they say? Did they say next year or twenty one? Zach, twenty one. All right. So mm-hmm. they're already planning on doing that because look, coming up in the not too future, uh, uh, distant future, I've seen a little bit of of some of the shooting they've done uh, for Bill and Ted. Yeah, because that's coming out next year, right? Yeah. Bill and Ted three. I'm looking forward Ooh, to that. It took a long time to get that one. Going to be weird not having you know the guy that played Death is gone. Well, Carlin's gone. Yeah, George Carlin's gone, but William Sadler should... He, I think he's going to be in the movie. I I have to go and confirm that, but I thought he said that they're going to try and find a, a place for him in the movie. Well, it's going to yeah. be interesting to yeah. see how they do it, how they, you know, how do they talk Carlin's part? How do they yeah, do they, it? How, who do they replace him with? Because yeah. he's kind of a... He wasn't really in the second movie very much. Yeah. They kind of wrote him out because I didn't think he wanted to do that movie. But... Um, yeah, no, I actually rewatched the Bill and Ted movies a couple weeks ago. They're very and good. They are very good. I hadn't seen them since they aired on Comedy Central in the 90s, and so it was almost like they were new to me again. It was like, ah, oh, these movies are great. They're really funny. We showed Excellent Adventure <laughs> last year as a classic. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I actually, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I like Bogus Journey better. Uh-huh. Bogus Journey has the monsters and the horror sequences. Right. They actually, they go to hell in that movie. It's, yes. uh, I like that one a bit more just because it's more my speed, I guess. All right, let's get a break. Shane Stacks has texted me and said, I'm on my way. <laughs> so he'll be here shortly. We'll be back shortly after this. All right, Applied Research Center of Arkansas. They've got all kinds of studies going on from low testosterone to ulcerative colitis, GERD, uh, diabetes, endometriosis, bunions, even one on baby formula. If you want to be involved in any of these, if you'll call the folks over at Applied Research Center at 501-954-7822, uh, they'll go over uh, you know the things that you have to meet, the requirements, so they can, for instance, low testosterone, got to be between 45 and 80, have low testosterone, have a history or risk of heart disease or stroke. For GERD, that's, uh, you know, heartburn that goes doesn't go away. Ages 18 and older, have a diagnosis of GERD and experience symptoms at least four days a week, currently taking GERD medications. Uh, if you meet these requirements, they'll give you the medicine, 
they're going to uh, pay you for being part of the studies. And these are medicines that are ready to hit the market. This is the final test to make sure that they do exactly what they're supposed to do. Uh, best way to find out about all the different studies they got, go to their website, arcarkansas.com, arcarkansas.com. So you want to do that today. And by the way, I just so you know, Zach, I just told Mark the, uh, the story about uh, Stoddard. And uh, I'll tell it to you at the top of the hour. And Lee Smith. And do you agree that's that's a story that I cannot tell you on cannot the air? You cannot tell that on the air, but it's worth telling regardless. <laughs> it is. It's funny. It's really, really, really funny. So anyway, again, Shane Stacks is on his way. He'll be here in a moment. And then uh, Josh should be with us. Uh, at least he's supposed to be with us. Now, getting getting a signal sometimes. Out of Comic Con in San Diego, because everyone's very, doing the same yes, thing. There's can be very challenging. <laughs> so he'll be trying to call us and talk to us. They just had a ton of of uh, of uh, stuff today. AMC did stuff about Fear of the Walking Dead. I was talking about. I, this. I was did you hear on my that? Drive over here. Yeah, they're doing uh, TV movies and a new spin yeah, off. Yeah, so like a TV yeah. show. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Lincoln's not gone. You know, I may watch that because I was a big. Uh, you know, Rick Grimes fan mm-hmm. in that in that show. In fact, I haven't watched season nine because he really is not in it. You know, <laughs> Michonne's going. Uh, yeah, I saw that that this is her last season, so no more uh, samurai lady. <laughs> yeah, she's gonna she's going to be done too. Okay, I don't know what this means. Uh-oh. I just got this. This came. Josh just sent me. Oh, he sent me pictures. That's what it is. Oh. I've got look at it. Is that Godzilla? That's Godzilla. Now, what's the context of it, though? Where it's, does that come uh, from? it's the new uh, action figure. Oh, okay, thing cool. That they got. Yeah, yeah, NECA's doing a new line of them that I'm excited for. Oh, Destroya. Nice. <laughs> oh, man, that's a good sign. No, we all know what that oh, is. Oh, the Super X. Yeah. Awesome, actually. So I, I reviewed the, it's called the Heisei Godzilla series, which is the films from the 90s and the 80s. Um, and it's a, Godzilla franchise from 1984 to 1996, and I reviewed them all on Twitter over the past few weeks. So, yeah, I'm very familiar with all those images right now. Oh, wow. That's still okay. He sent us some pretty cool st- Look at that. Oh, King Ghidorah. Nice. Yeah, the that's very cool looking. Oh, cool. And uh, what else did he send us here? This picture here. That's the oxygenator destroyer. Oh, the oxy- oh, I see it now. Yeah, the oxygen yeah. destroyer. Are yeah. these like props that they're going to sell? Because that I don't know. Cool this, have. this must be props they got on display for people. That, they got a big evidently oh, Godzilla yeah. display. Okay, because I saw those Ghidorah heads. That and looks they looked like kind of that looks vintage. like from the first. Yeah, well, first that movie. one looks like it's around um, Mothra versus Godzilla or King Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah, like that's the, early. The third that's or early, early one. stuff. Yeah, and I'm I'm trying to take a look see what else. Oh, he sent this one too. Oh, there it is. There's the toy. <laughs> nice. I like that old school packaging. It reminds me of uh, the Bandai line from when I was a kid. Uh, it came out in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. we're kind of in we're a... We're talking people. We're talking over their head right now. Yeah. You know that. Well, I mean, so there's kind of a, a Godzilla revival right now. Everybody was saying that the King of the Monsters movie didn't do well, but if you go and look at the numbers, it was actually a, a pretty good it's success. Huge. It did really well. It's just that that's not the narrative that you know these people wanted to put out there in the news. It actually did a lot of money. 
It just didn't have any sort of <laughs> little chibi Godzillas, yeah, little babies. <laughs> I, I like the one the with Mothra. Mothra. Yeah, the one with Mothra. Come on over here, Shane. Come on, get over here. Hurry yeah, up. So the Japanese really like Godzilla King of the Monsters, the new one, but you know what they like the most about it? They like the Godzilla and Mothra pairing in that movie. So if you go on Twitter, there's a lot of Godzilla and Mothra art. It's really cute and it's really funny, but that was a big thing. thing. Yeah, there's a, there's a term. I forget what it's called. It's a Japanese term chibi? for chibi where, yeah. where they take things that are not cute and, and do You know what that is, right? Yeah. That's it's from that Josh. Came from Josh. Oh, did he send he's at San Comic-Con? Diego. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to send him a message right now. Make sure he's supposed to talk to us right at the beginning of the five o'clock cool. hour. Yeah, that's after the news. That's coming next. Heffy. There's Shane Stacks. He's in the studio. Mark Pellegrini is here. Well, we will be back. We got to take a break. Sorry, uh, here on Dave Ellswick's show. All right, let's get to the uh, final hour of this Friday show because I don't want to be paying for the long distance call. We've got uh, Josh is with us in San Diego. He's at Comic-Con. How's, uh, how's your time out there, my man? It's great. It's great. It's tired, exhausting, but it's, 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 it's that vacation that's not a vacation because it's busy sun, sun, before the sun comes up and after the sun goes down. It's, it's an exciting adventure out here. Okay, so do you have a room or are you living in your car? Uh, <laughs> me and some friends got an Airbnb this time. Okay, that's cool. Did you? Are you? Did Not you living in the Uber? car this time. Did you Uber on your way out there? Did the freight costs? Just a little bit, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty smart how he does that. Since I'm, a, since I'm able to do that, it's like, hey, I try to be smart and thrifty that way. Yeah, it's pretty smart. Yeah, you do a good. You do a good job, Josh. So I, we got. I got your pictures. And I can tell you that Mark is here, and he was geeking out over them. All those Godzilla pictures. Yeah, I'm excited for that stuff. So uh, what's the context behind those? Is it a new toy line coming out, or what? Um, This is the first year out of all these years Toho has ever done a exhibited a booth at a Comic-Con for Toho and Godzilla. So, like, all the different booths that usually sell Godzilla items, they highlight all the, the different ones, like Kid Robot. They have the Kid Robot uh, Godzilla figurines inside and that metallic Mecha Godzilla. And Tamashi, Ma- Tamashi Nations is selling them. Um, they're selling the Godzilla items at the Monster Art at the booth this year and other things like that. And then they've got that painting on the side. I didn't think I got many pictures of that, but it was a, a Godzilla painting. And then... Um, well, I saw... Were those props from the original movies that I saw, like the Oxygen Destroyer? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, those really? Are, those are the props from like the, the actual props, yeah. like not replicas? Yeah, yeah I, I got here. I just got here, so I haven't seen the pictures. I did see the little chibi uh, plush Ghidorah. I saw that. That was the only picture I saw. Yeah, they got that and the Ghidorah, the actual, the, the head. I saw the those. Head. That was cool. And the Destroyer mask. That thing is impressive in person. <laughs> uh, so what... And then, Okay, I'm looking now. Dave's showing me. These are really cool. Oh, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I'm looking at the Oxygen yeah. Destroyer. Yeah. The Destro- Man, and this read is the some notes cool on stuff. the, because uh, they have the Godzilla <laughs> 2000 suit on display, and yeah. they have the notes on it about how it's a 20 year old suit, and you can see, like, pyrotechnic marks on it and everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shot up. I love that they have the Super X2. Was that, is that the actual Super X2 they used in Godzilla 1985? Or Godzilla it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's one of the models that they used in yeah. the movie. Yeah, that's cool. That's super. And, uh, cool. The building—it's one of the buildings that they used in Shin Godzilla. They have one of the building models. Very cool. So that's amazing. Thinking about 
how those are that tiny, but, you know, in the movies, it looked like, you know, giant buildings. Well, with uh, Godzilla suits, it's one of those things where you, you really have to see them while you can because they made a foam rubber and they decay on their own. So, like, you got to, right. if you want to see them in person, you got to see them now because 10 years from now, they'll probably just be dust on the floor. <laughs> wow, I, I don't even think and you I'm, have to get your, uh, if the link came through, you got your picture made with the costume and they let you, like, pose with a green screen in the background to look like, you know, and they did a little animation where it was like Godzilla versus Heffy. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, how do I pose? Big booty Heffy would drop him. I've got, I got one guy an alert On the phone, my phone had an alert. That's like, your parking is about to expire. And it's like, I had my phone. I was like, oh, here's what I'm going to do. Instead of fighting Godzilla, it's like, hello, Mr. Godzilla. Could you pose for a picture or selfie with me? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Cool. Yeah, that is cool. So have you, uh, and I know Hall H is where all the really big stuff happens and all the big movie and TV news, but... Uh, and I know you're a big toy collector, but has there been any movie or TV announcements that have come out that, that have particularly excited you? Um, the Jay and Silent Bob trailer for yeah. the for the reboot. Uh, we've already yeah, talked about that. Yeah, I saw there was that. a Red Band trailer out for that. Yeah, it is yeah, Red Band. Point. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, you, that's not safe for work or, or radio. <laughs> you're or right. You're right. There's no doubt about that. Did you hear? And they're all... showing more on the Terminator. Yes. Mm-hmm. Did you? Did you? I heard did everything. you? Were you able to get into Hall H for the Terminator series? No, Hall H is a campout thing. But that uh, the magazine you asked me to get you the Dinner Geek Comic Con issue. It's got mm-hmm. Terminator on everything on the cover, and it's one of the featured stories inside it. Okay, so you got me one of those, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I got you cool. We'll we'll put that under uh, plexiglass here in the studio. <laughs> now, did, yeah. did, did Heffy go down with press credentials this time? Yeah, he's got press yeah, credentials. All right. Yeah, he's all he's all covered. Yeah. So this is very very this is very very cool because like, last night um I, I got to the first I went to the Hasbro party last night. Oh, nice. Which I felt so it was weird talking to uh only I was the only person I know. I got an invite to it because I applied early enough. And it was mostly me and, like, people that do, like, YouTube toy reviews and stuff. Yeah. Well, you're going to drop uh, you're gonna drop 600 bucks for that HasLab Unicron, that 27-inch monster Unicron toy? Uh, maybe. Have maybe. <laughs> yeah. I saw that they had it there. Have you seen it? Did they have it at the party? It's, yeah, they have. I took a picture of it, um the display because it's so the unicron transformation is so big that it's on a stand yeah it's huge if if people don't know so what uh, sorry if i interrupted you but if people don't know what we're talking about is hasbro has these things called haslabs where if if enough people want it they'll crowdfund really really high-end premium toys and they're doing they're crowdfunding a unicron from the original 1985 Transformers, the movie animated movie that is huge, and, it, and it's both the planet and then the, and it transforms yeah. into the Unicron. It transforms, and it's uh, it's like a car payment. It's like six hundred bucks. It's huge, but um, you get something that's it's six hundred bucks now. It'll probably be six thousand dollars next year if you want to flip it. So it might be worth it. It's yeah. I, 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 I one before that, that was the Java sale bar. I saw that, and I was envious because that thing looked so amazing. And that thing is the size, practically, of a rowboat. It's humongous. Well, you know, they had one at, at the last... I did. I saw that, they had yeah. The box, and the and box I, I was looking huge. at that monster yeah. thing. I was like, ah, oh, if only I had the space and yeah. the money and the... <laughs> you know what we're talking about, right, Dave? The big 
the from Return of the Jedi, the cell barge, yeah, the Jabba, yeah. They, that was another crowdfunding oh, thing. Wow. And it's like people obviously can't see on the radio, but I'm holding my arms out. Did it have wide. Princess Leia on? Uh, I, I guess Princess. You could put her in it. Probably, yeah. <laughs> I know that if you bought it, you would find a slave. I uh, need a slave girl yeah, for it. I, I have no absolutely, no absolutely need Java on it. So yeah. crowdfunding actually is now the, the way that these toy companies are doing these high-end collector's things that would normally be way too expensive for retail. Like uh, Maddie Collector, they or maybe it was Super 7 now, but Maddie Collector did a Castle Grayskull a couple years ago that Ooh. was tremendous, and it was like $300, but it was huge. And now, um, and I hate myself for not getting it. Yeah, and you know, you, you, they may not ever do it again. Huge. Yeah, and they're and doing Snake Mountain now, and Snake Mountain's even bigger, and that wow. one's like five hundred bucks. It is yeah, seven hundred and fifty dollars. Ooh, back yeah. in the day. And now after that, Mattel's pulling. Mattel is like pulling everybody's Masters of the Universe back because they're doing it in house again. Yes, yeah. but I saw the new line they're doing. So they're doing um, like a retro five inch, right? Where but with more articulation. Right, it's, it's really good. Exactly the retro same. five inch to bring it back. Are we losing? Uh-oh. WWE Ghostbusters. Oh, wait, that's WWE, but they're doing WWE Masters of the Universe, too. I, I saw the Ghostbusters ones with uh, the Ghost Undertaker. Yeah, that's pretty funny. That looks yeah. pretty good. I got one last question. With Ghostbusters coming out next year, going back to the original, you know, canon of the whole thing, is that got a big presence this year at Comic-Con? has a presence, but not mainly for that. It's because this they, this year's Ghostbusters 35th anniversary. Ah, that makes sense. Only, so there's plenty of Ghostbusters merchandise. Like, the little subjects have the Ghostbusters Slimer and a Ghost Trap and a Stay Puff. And funny or not, I just left Comic-Con because I'm on my way to Party City to get a Stay Puff Marshmallow Man costume. Happy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that sounds like something. Should you make sure you put that on. I want a picture of it so we can post it here <laughs> on my Facebook. All right. All right. And uh, the main exclusive this year for Hasbro, they did a collaboration with Transformers and Ghostbusters. Oh. And they did a uh, they did a Ghostbusters Optimus Prime. Yeah, I, I saw that. But yeah, I, I got the um, the GameStop exclusive Ectotron, which is the Ecto One that transforms into a robot with a proton pack, and it's the, it the coolest really thing. It's yeah, it's amazing. It yeah. And it, uh, Prime's trailer. <laughs> you cut you cut out on us. Oh, what yeah, about it's a, got the trailer. Yeah. And it, Wheelie. It fits in the trailer. Well, oh, sweet. Oh, well, in the in the new Optimus Prime version, yeah. Wheelie, which is the little six. Oh, roller. Line, yeah, roller. Yeah, roller. That's yeah. it. Has a is a ghost trap and it's got Slimer <laughs> on top. Ah, uh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so. so I said last question. I lied. Uh, another question. They said that a lot of people, after they saw the uh, some of the film that they have shot or tape or whatever they use now uh, for uh, Terminator and Dark Fate, that, people, that the, the buzz is big on Terminator now. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, everybody's... You know, there's a lot of people that we know that's like, I was done after the second one, but there's a lot of people that's like, this could be, you know, breathing life into it again. Well, I have to say that my reaction, now I haven't seen the new trailer that they dropped, but the trailer they dropped a couple weeks back, I can't remember exactly what it was, I was like, this has the potential to actually be good again. Did you see the one with, that they got out now with I Tim, Tim Miller one, talking I about it? I haven't seen the one they just dropped, uh, but I saw one that they put at the first teaser trailer, and I was like... I, we can go straight from Terminator 2 to this, yep. and we're fine. And this looks really good. <laughs> yeah, it looks yeah. great. I'm, I'm excited. 
So we, we're kind of in a we're in a third era now. The original era was the original movies. That was the first era. Second era was reboots, and we all survived PG-13. that. Thirteen. Yeah, we got through the reboots era, and now we're in the deboot era, where they ignore <laughs> all the reboots and they go back to the original <laughs> chronology. So Halloween debooted, uh, Terminator's debooting. All of them are yeah. Conan the Barbarian supposedly is going to deboot again. Yeah, so they're all just going back to those original continuities and ignoring those really bad remakes and reboots that nobody liked. Ghost. Busters is going to reboot and ignore that thing. So yeah, we're we're kind of uh, we made it. We made it over the hill. <laughs> Hopefully, we hope so. Josh, we'll let you go. Where are you going to go eat tonight? Um, somewhere good. Hopefully, some seafood <laughs> or something. We hope so too. Pal. All right, all right. So when are you? California ba- burrito. When are you going to be? When are you going to be back in town again? Hopefully next weekend. All right. So when you get back, it's let me know. When you get back, let me know, and we'll set you up for a Friday, all right? All right, sure will. All right. Josh, thanks you very much. We appreciate you, and uh, have a rest of this weekend. Have a great time. All right, Josh is out there at San Diego Comic-Con. And other than going to Israel, which is my number one, you know, bucket list item, going to San Diego Comic-Con is right Right there. It, see, yeah, I, I want to go. I love all the news and everything that comes out of it, but I have no desire to actually physically be there. Because you don't want to yeah. be a bunch of all the people? Well, it's just, I don't know. It's, 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 it just sounds so crazy. It's standing room only. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's a bit too hectic. Uh, I mean, I wanted to go a long time ago, but I wanted to go for the news. But now that everybody is live casting, yeah, live just, streaming yeah. from the place, like I can just watch the, the con from, you know, YouTube. And, and then I want to go to the cosplay contest oh, yeah. Yeah, they got a lot of oh, money there's, there's cool stuff well, don't, don't get me wrong i mean there'll be a lot of cool stuff going yeah. on there but i just i don't know it just yeah it just seems like a big seething mass of humanity. since i am dave ellswick when i yeah. would walk in the crowd the crowd would just, would just oh yeah the, the red sea yeah, yeah. <laughs> they would they would every all the stars would cancel their panels and come talk to you yeah absolutely yeah, we'll take a break let's take a break we have to because the bs is getting too heavy here <laughs> on the dave ellswick show all right that played it was in a buster crab that played the uh the original uh, oh, the original cereal yeah, for Flash you know, Gordon? Uh, have the to Flash get Gordon with the, old yeah, with the Gordon. big iguanas running around yeah, and everything. Man, I love that stuff. I, I love, think I'm, Ming I'm, the Merciless. That guy was great as Ming the Merciless. And we because now that he's a, you know, a yellow peril stereotype. Yeah, we couldn't do it. Anymore. It's just like you could never make another Charlie Chan movie. Oh, no. They, Those were great, number one, son. They, they try sometimes. <laughs> I think the I last was, one, they, were, they tried to like read... They wanted to do like a female Charlie Chan with like uh, Lucy Liu or something. I don't think it got off the ground. Well, so I should use that one comedian, the the, the Asian lady. It's a comedian. Cho. Yeah, Cho. Oh, yeah. Geez. Yeah, she's old enough. By now. I don't yeah. know, but <laughs> that's sad. That it's like the one the one Asian com- female comedian everybody knows is Margaret, Margaret Cho. She's well, cornered the market. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. She's cornered the market, but. Um, Speaking of, I don't know, in a, and I'm going to give this as an as an example of how things have changed. So the people who trigger easy, just simmer down, cool your jets. I've got the are original. We on the radio? Huh? Yeah, we are. Are we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're on. Wait, no, we're not. Yeah, yeah we are. We are. Uh, yeah. Shut up. Move up no, on the microphone. Like you're red. talking into you're talking into your mic. So yeah, it's red. We're yes, the, we're on the radio. You're on the radio. We're, on the radio. we're talking. Well, they can't hear me because I'm sitting. Yeah, on the they can. Yes, they can hear you fine. We're on the radio, dude. I heard everything you said. Here you go. Let me just show you. We're this. not trying to. Uh, 
we're not trying to what was it called uh ghost light yeah gaslight gas yeah uh, we're not okay. trying to gaslight I'm not, I'm not although i do you. sound on my headphones like i'm echoing or something no you're fine really okay, you're doing my absolutely fine so what, what are we looking at is buster crab oh yeah the, the old timey one yeah they they did they they did a really good job 1936 in the, in the voyager star trek tv series tom paris his hollow sweet thing was always he was some kind of serial uh space hero kind of guy or oh, whatever okay. but that i've got the original batman movie serials on DVD. Oh, oh i watched those right well, i tried they're, they're really rough good. they're i mean they, well actually the, the probably the most interesting thing about them is it was the movie serials introduced the concept of the bat cave yeah and it was literally like a cave with a desk and then it they, was really cheap yeah. i think you had like a little prison down there where yeah, you put one of the guys and he yeah. actually like had his bats attack them to torture them yeah. into answering and, it's, was, uh, and i think it may have introduced yeah. alfred too i'm not sure but the comic was it introduced um, skinny Alfred. So Alfred in the comics was fat yeah, at the time. Yeah, he was like this, a Jarvis type Yeah, well, the, the original yeah. Alfred in the comics, the Golden Age ones, was like a comedy relief character. Yeah. And then they actually, this was the Alfred we recognized came from the series. Right, yeah. who is, and Alfred has become in the comics like, a, he's like an ex like commander agent yeah, kind like of thing. Yeah, and it went a little too far. With yeah. Him. yeah. But anyway, I was going to say with these, we were talking about stuff, you know, the yellow peril and all yeah. that. Right. So I, I was watching the, uh, the Batman movie serials, uh, a few, you know, while I was working a few years ago and it said, and folks, this is an artifact. Relax. Uh-huh. It goes little Tokyo where a wise American government has rounded up the shifty. Ideas. I'm like, Whoa. Yeah. Propaganda. Well, he, it, was, it was the second one where he fights like an evil Japanese uh, like mastermind. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, in that one, the, I think some of the gangsters were, you know, yeah. but, but I Boris? guess that was made during World War II. Then. Yeah, about Boris yeah. Karloff, when he played, or, or even Christopher Lee, and they played Fu Manchu. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Peter Lorre played so in the yeah. in Invisible Agent from uh, one of the Invisible Man movies. Peter Lorre played a Japanese guy. It's very obviously uh, you're not a Japanese guy, but yeah, that was just the thing back then. Charlie got, Chan got, usually got played by white people, right? I think there yeah. was a there was a I don't know guy who did Charlie Chan was was Asian. Was if I'm not mistaken, I'm not yeah, sure. I but check on that. Speaking of the Invisible Man, mm-hmm. the Invisible Man and the Invisible Woman got married. Oh no, they had kids. But they were nothing to look at. Uh, uh, <laughs> do you do you have? You wish you like weren't on the radio right now. <laughs> yeah. no, hold it there, please. Nah. Somebody save me on that <laughs> I'm one. Sorry. Why did the banana go to the doctor? Oh, oh, no. No. He wasn't peeling well. All right. Well, that's fine. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Chapter two. Before this gets worse. Oh, well, uh, you're gonna have to do it quick. You only got a minute. All right. Well, then we'll talk about it when we come <laughs> back. But, yeah. If I'd known we were on the radio this whole time, maybe we were talking about But yeah. We were trying to tell you. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to. We, we told Dave you. Dave was lost control. I, w- I was sitting away from the mic, like in the corner of the room, chilling, just dude. talking. I, I don't even know if people heard me some talking. That, that's yeah. some of the best radio, though. People are just yakking. <laughs> yeah, right. And that's the problem because, you know. I'll probably have my license revoked because no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, you're lucky yeah. I wasn't t- dropping any, any yeah, F bombs or anything like that. I would have <laughs> had a heart attack Roger if Robin. you did that. I would have had a heart attack. All right, so I'm trying to find out about Charlie Chan here. Okay, here it is. Sidney Toller yeah. played Charlie Chan. The classic Charlie Chan? The son of Colonel H.G. Toller, breeder of trotting horses. Okay. Sidney Toller acted on stage by the time he was seven. So I'll tell you more about him when we come back. We got news next. 
We're going to talk about uh, it when we return on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. We promised that we would talk about it, Chapter 2. If you saw it, Chapter 1, again, let me explain. The, the way they did the movie, I think, was a great way of doing it because well, they the, took the kids, hmm? told their story first, and now they're going to talk yeah. 27 years later about the adults. Well, it's like how the miniseries did it, where the first half of the miniseries was the kids and the second half was the adults. They basically just did the same thing. But The what book I, drove me nuts. Uh, yeah, the book. We were talking about that. So the book is 1,300 pages long. It's as long as Lord of the Rings, and it's a grind. Uh, Shane was just telling me that well, he read it in now, 24 hours. Young, and young Shane. Young Shane. My, in speed fact, reader. My, my dad bought it for me on a trip to visit me. And I have reading it all day. And then, like you probably did this, Mark, in high school mm-hmm. or junior high, you would actually, in school, you would you would put your book behind the person. I in did front with of you. that with the H.P. Lovecraft yeah, collection and yeah. read all day long. And somehow, there's no way I could do it now. My you know my reading stamina is way down. But I read that book in 24 hours in like ninth or tenth grade. That wow. seems almost yeah. impossible. So I I tried reading the book when I was in high school and I couldn't get into it and never got very far into it. But after I saw it, chapter one, I went out and I bought the hardcover from Barnes and Noble. That was 2017. I'm almost done with the book <laughs> now. It's um it's a good book. It's just very bloated. Some people like that about it because it makes dairy and everything feel very yeah, lived in and real. real. Yeah. But um, it's, there's like, oh, I just read a whole chapter about this person buying groceries. Why yeah. was that in here? <laughs> well, I think that like now there's no way I could do that. But yeah. I really enjoyed it as a kid. It was it was one of my favorites well, as a kid. What I like about these new movies is teenager. that they try not to repeat scenes from like the miniseries. The miniseries did. Which um, was so, good. Yeah. And that's why you can watch both the miniseries and the new movies and – kind of combined you end up getting everything from the book but they they're purposely like not doing the same uh moments like uh, they're not doing when they meet uh the teenage werewolf in the the house but instead they're doing the the part with the uh, leper uh, yeah um did, with the did, leper did they that do frankenstein the and i haven't seen the the it movie from a couple of years oh no ago. they didn't do frankenstein didn't or creature from the black lagoon it, or yeah. yeah it's awesome it but they, is very they did some good. original monsters instead instead of doing the the horror movie monsters that the book has and that the first um miniseries had instead they had original creatures that were more like personal to um, huh. each kid and they're like the lady in the painting which is really spooky and the the headless guy in the library which was really well, well shot now as well in the in the book in the library like Pennywise, it's like a vampire, but he's got like yeah, razors. He's got, yeah, he's got teeth. razor razor blade they don't teeth. Do that in yeah, the movie? yeah. No, they don't do that okay. in, in this one. No, but that was when they, he was an adult, though, wasn't it? I thought that was when they were kids. I could for. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't read it in. Well, yeah, long, well, yeah. I, I just I've almost yeah. done reading and actually got to that part. So it's when they're all together in the library as adults because they're having their big you know losers club get together, right. and it's after they see the the head of Stan in the fridge and he talks to Ben. Um, after that scene, you know, they, they have... Now, Stan's um, the chattermouth that oh, became a DJ or something, right? Yeah, no, yeah, no. no. Um, Stan was the was the one whose entire personality was that he was Jewish. And oh, he's okay. the one who kills himself at the beginning. Oh, okay. But no, I think you actually, you are right. The um, the, vamp- the Pennywise with as the vampire with the broken glass teeth was when, um, yeah, when Ben goes to the library as a kid. Right. Well, it's, a, it's a long book. It, it's a, a lot, lot to keep track happens. of. Even a guy yeah. who just read it can't put it all well, together. Well, and Dave, like, like, I said, like Dave said... It's two stories. It, the book keeps going back and forth yeah. between and it adults drives and kids. You nuts because yeah. you want him to stay where he's at. And tell me what's going to come next, and he goes and 
Like well, you said, you go learn how somebody shops or whatever, and it's like, what the crap? Oof, it's, it's a bit rough in some parts. There's an entire prologue, and the prologue is going to be in It Chapter 2 about a gay couple who gets beat up by evil rednecks. Right. And that's the first part of the book that you read. And that part, it has a very chilling moment where Pennywise makes his first appearance um, inside a creek. Uh, the gay guy who gets thrown over At the dairy days. Yeah, dairy days. He gets, the, yeah. he gets uh, thrown over the side of uh, a bridge and into the creek, and then Pennywise gets him. And that's actually in the trailer for It Chapter 2 that came out, and it looks really good. It's a really good adaptation. That part of the, the book, it's almost like it couldn't, didn't need to be there, but most of that book didn't need to be there. <laughs> the, the, the Stephen King, I, I said to Shiny, that, that's not true. That's mm. not my favorite. The Stand. Stand the Stand's even favorite, longer. <laughs> but that's my all-time but favorite yeah, Stephen that's King epic. book. I mean, Ooh, that is all about I good I could and nev- evil I, and whatnot. Yeah, I was never able to tackle uh, The Stand or The um, the Dark Tower series. No, they just I didn't go read on all and on. Yeah, I, yeah. I guess so. I must be a glutton because I, I those are two of my favorites. Yeah, well, so. Dark Tower, I kind of wanted to read, but then everyone keeps saying, no, you got to read all these other Stephen King books in between for it to make sense no, because it, does, yeah. it doesn't. It's no, not it true. Tells, it I don't t- have to I mean, read The Talisman or Eyes of the no, Dragon or any of that no. stuff. Yeah. No, basically, <laughs> St- Stephen King built a shared universe slash multiverse before yeah. it was cool. Yeah. And a lot of his stuff ties in, but it's very tangentially yeah. sometimes. Yeah, well, like uh, Children so. of the Qu- I actually watched the original last week. Malachi. Malachi, yeah. But so apparently the monster in that one, He Who Walks Behind the ro- Rose, is supposed to be Rick Flagg from... Uh, he does that a lot retroactively. Yeah. He'll say that was really uh, the Man in Black, or yeah. that was Flag, or uh, and and he Randall does, Flag. I'm yeah, sorry. Randall, yeah, Randall yeah. Flag's a bad F-L-A-G-G. mother. Watch your mouth. Yeah, That's watch right. your mouth. <laughs> uh, and and Flag features at, before. The Dark Tower series is done. I'll just say flag features and leave it at that. I know that he mentions, as King does, he mentions Shawshank a lot. And a lot of his stories and a lot of his books, whenever he has to mention a prison, he mentions yeah, Shawshank. I'm, I'm actually <laughs> listening to Under the Dome right now. Yeah. And one of the characters is like worried that he's going to go to... They always say like, "Oh, I yeah. did a, I did a diamond Shawshank," yeah. or like, "Oh, they're going to well, send me up to Shawshank." S- Stephen King, everything <laughs> happens in. You know, New England, yeah, Maine. Maine. Yeah. I mean, it's the most dangerous place in the universe. <laughs> uh, you know, and I mean, because Tommyknockers, uh, Derry is right down the road mm-hmm. from where the Tommyknockers happen. Castle Rock, Castle all those Rock, are up there, know. yeah. Yeah, so I mean, he's been he's been doing that for a long time. You know, yeah, and, I mean, if you if you read like. All of Stephen King stuff, you get rewarded with all those. It's it's kind of like yeah. H.P. Lovecraft, where you sure. can read each H.P. Lovecraft story individually, but if you read them all together, you get more out of it. He does, I mean, he does, though, like, he really goes up his own navel pretty mm-hmm. hard in the Dark Tower. And when I mean, he actually puts himself in. <laughs> I, I have yeah. read about that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the only and, saving yeah. grace in that is he kind of, he actually kind of dings on himself a well, lot. Well, doesn't he say, so. isn't he warn the reader to stop reading the book at a point? And if they keep okay, going, so they might not like it. There's an know? epilogue yeah. at the end. And he's like, okay, if you just really got to know what happens next, but you might not like yeah. it. <laughs> and it's true. You don't have to read it, but. It does tell you more, and you might not like it. <laughs> yeah, King's, um, yeah. he is a prolific writer. Um, 90% of that is uh, cocaine, and he self-admits that. 400 million <laughs> books sold. Yeah, yeah no, he's, no, he's a machine. There was a time in the 80s where 
I think th- like people were in watching in airports, and three out of every five books that somebody oh, yeah. was carrying around an airport was a Stephen King book. I tell you, he's got in every one of those movies that they made out of his his books. There's at least one scene that'll stay with you. I mean, in oh, Carrie, yeah. it's the blood pouring sure. from the bucket, and in, in uh, what was it? Uh, you know, The Shining, Jack Newton, here's yeah. Johnny, yeah. you know, that. Well, I think he, he builds his novels around that one scene. You'll think of, like, this yeah. this big uh, uh, money shot first, and then you're like, okay, let's build the yeah, characters and plot that leads it. up to that. Yeah. Well, yeah. one thing that Stephen King is amazing at, and some people dismiss him as, he even calls himself the Big Mac and Fries of books. <laughs> yeah. Like, But what one thing he is amazing at, and I, I mean, even, like, back in, like, junior high, high school, all the way to now, I still think that he can take the fantastic and he can write it in Make such it a normal. way that if it happened, this is what it would be like. Yeah. You know? And he's good at that. Well, he, what impresses me most about him, just reading it and from all the other stuff I've read, like I've read The Shining, is that he something that if I were to summarize it to you, it would sound really stupid, but you have to read it. And the way it's written, it's very spooky and it's very intense, like the part in it where the guy, where the kid's being chased by a giant bird or yeah. the part where the creature from the Black Lagoon crawls out of a canal and attacks him. Like, that sounds really dumb, but when you read but it, he it's, can do it. it's written well. Well, even in the book, he takes... Uh, there's a movie monster like the crawling eye or yeah, something the crawling like that. Eye, that movie. Yes. And, and and he makes Forrest it Tucker. scary. Yeah. yeah, he yep. makes it scary. I actually like that movie. Yeah, like I like the, the monster sewers or something. Yeah, and it was based Frank on a radio drama. <laughs> was it? Yes. Yep. The crawling eye. I say like, yeah, the the Trachtenberg terror or whatever yeah. it was called. Yeah. yeah. But no, Stephen King's I mean, so for The Shining, if anybody has never read The End of The Shining, it's very different from the the right. classic movie. Yeah. It's really dumb um uh jack uh gets possessed by the spirits of the overlook he's chasing danny around with a giant croquet mallet and he realizes what he's doing is wrong but he can't fight back the ghosts so he starts bonking himself on the head with the mallet like like bugs bunny or something and he's telling danny to run like run danny bonk save yourself you know thank you because they couldn't do it at the time when the shining came out that i missed from the book is all of the animals in the maze. They yeah. tried to do that alive. in the, the TV miniseries version from the 90s. If you ever tried to watch that, it, it, didn't. it didn't look very good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now they could really make yeah, it work. Maybe. From what I understand, Stephen King did not like the movie version of this. And that's oh, the no, thing. is Because like it deviated Kubrick. from... And I can understand yeah. that. He was the writer of the it book. It is an amazing so movie, though. It is, it's a very good movie. It's... Maybe you could say it's not a good adaptation of the book. I think it actually mm-hmm. takes the things from the book and makes them better. It kind of gets rid of the parts that wouldn't work, and it improves the parts that didn't work in the book. Like the ending where the Overlook Hotel explodes in the book, the ghosts manifest as a giant manta ray that flies off into the sky and mm-hmm. then explodes into wasps, and that sounds really dumb. And even in the book, the way King wrote it is still kind of dumb. <laughs> um, and like when uh, there's parts where like when – um, oh, Haller and uh, Scatman Crothers' character. Yeah. When he's being when the when the hotel explodes, he's being propelled through the air by the explosion, and he says, "This is what it feels like to be Superman." And yeah. he's like, "That's really <laughs> dumb, <laughs> King." Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, like King likes to have those little moments where, in the middle of a crazy situation, you have these crazy weird thoughts. Like, yeah. you know, it's like your brain is freaking out or something, or like. 
yeah, yeah. I mean, as written, it's it wasn't it as dumb as I'm saying it is. Yeah. You know. Well, no, I mean, yeah. I, you know, it's been a long I mean, time since. After I read Jack the finishes bonking himself in the head with a mallet, he actually kills himself with the mallet, mm-hmm. and then the spirits possess his body, and he comes back as a zombie, and then Zombie Jack starts chasing Danny around, and that sounds really dumb, but in the book, it's actually it really works. scary because his face is all mangled from hitting itself with the mallet. Man, so I don't much. remember any of that at all. I read. Yeah. I mean, read it's been drum. a long time since I read. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to Doctor Sleep. Because uh, I, I, that's the is sequel it, to the So is it going to be a sequel? So the movie adaptation of Dr. Sleep, is it a sequel to the book or is it going to be a sequel to the Stanley Kubrick movie? I don't know. Yeah, because they're very different. Right. You know, they both and had completely different endings and everything. I'd yeah. like to read the book to know even, you know, yeah. what I haven't read Well, the I know book. that the book yeah. obviously is a sequel to the book, but will right. the movie be a sequel to the movie? Okay, so yeah. we got to take a break. Sure. Let me just throw in before we go of why of reading... Salem's Lot, and then seeing it mm-hmm. on television. Yeah, mm-hmm. Toby Hooper the, the part that always creeped me out is his friend showing up outside the window. Yeah, the window. Oh, floating scraping, there. Scraping, yeah. scraping in, his Danny. fingernails. Danny yeah, Glick. let me in. Oh, oh, yeah, the, like the way they shot together. that, they shot it in reverse, so all the fog is moving yeah. backwards, yeah. and it's it's so unearthly and weird, yeah. Yeah, the, it was really well I done. Actually just it's a great book. I reread the, the book and watch the miniseries again the part that strikes me the most and i know we got to get to a break is he's the the preacher and and the boy and his parents are sitting at the kitchen table which yeah. should be a safe situation mm-hmm. and not so uh, much is it marlo barlow barlow yeah. barlow comes crashing to the window it just it's like him. i'm just gonna own you right and that's so crazy well anyway. the, the miniseries <laughs> i like the toby hooper miniseries yeah. but it ends like halfway through the book there's still a whole lot left in the book when it's over yeah. Yeah. james mason was great oh yeah in that movie and uh, who was it david uh soul mm-hmm. i don't remember wasn't he the one that played uh the uh the uh protagonist in yeah that? Who, yeah. who just happened to be a horror fiction writer, writer. from Maine, yeah. which is like 20 characters in the Stephen King yeah, universe all happen to be yeah. writers from Maine. All right, <laughs> right quick break. You. We'll be back. Wrap it up for a Friday on the Dave Ellswick Show. Yeah. All right, so we spent a lot of time just talking about it. That's coming out September 6th. I believe so, yeah. I think that that's Early the September. Date. So uh, know that I'll be there on Thursday night when they show it the first time. To watch it. I'm going to try and plow through the uh, the book so I'm ready to, to finally finish it off. <laughs> I just might as well not watch, read the book. It won't line up with the movie. I know. Anyway. I just, I, I told myself when I bought it after I, I, I bought it as I left the theater, um, after It Chapter 1. is like, you know, this book is 1,300 pages, but I bet I'll have it done by It Chapter 2. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> it's it's like read summer it. reading, you know? For, I wouldn't yeah. be able to do it now. It takes yeah. me, I have like eight different books I got, going on. I got 300 pages anymore. left on that thing, but I bet I can do it. <laughs> yeah, you can do it. You can do it. Okay, so I just heard this today. You guys started talking about it. I've been hoping that this would happen, and evidently it's going to, and they're talking Roger Rabbit 2. Yeah, and I don't yeah. know anything about it. Let me see if I can Well, find it's really anything. just an announcement. I think they have any details yeah. about it. They just said they're going to do it. But they've been saying that they were going to do it since, like, 89. You know, it's one of those uh, – ever since I've been a kid, they've been talking about Roger Rabbit 2, and they never actually pulled the trigger on it. It's, um, now, is Jessica Rabbit going to change her thing? She's – yeah. You know, I'm not really bad. 
I was made this way by hashtag me too. Right. Or they just yeah. going to take like a big eraser and erase uh, her bosoms and, <laughs> yeah, and, and, and give gonna, her a flat chest. No. Some, it's going to be tough. With, I'm just telling you. So with Roger Rabbit, the, the thing what's held them back all these years are the rights issues. So Roger Rabbit, Who Framed Roger Rabbit is actually an adaptation of a book called Who Censored Roger Rabbit. And that was written by Gary K. Wolf. And after the movie came out, uh, Wolf got into a big spat with Disney over, you know, royalties and ownership no, of the character. I can't and believe Disney's thinking about doing this movie again. And Amblin actually, Amblin co-produced that movie. Yeah. So Spielberg has a take in that movie. And then if you want more than just Disney characters, you got to negotiate with Warner Brothers for the Looney Tunes and Tom and Jerry. you got to negotiate with Paramount for Popeye. Yeah, and, I don't and think people them. realized yeah. the legal hurdles There's to make so that much happen. Involved. In the well, it was like the Toy Story, the reason... The first Toy Story didn't have the Barbies in it is because they wouldn't release yeah, the Mattel rights to Yeah, Mattel wouldn't do it. And they, they wanted to get G.I. Joe in that first yeah. movie, and they couldn't get it from Hasbro. But then after Toy Story was a huge success, suddenly Barbies now everybody wants to are be in the sequels. Yeah. Have they had, <laughs> but have they had G.I. Joe in it? I don't think they've had G.I. No, Joe. They no. just had the Green yeah, Soldiers. That's that's yeah, they, they they've had, had other Hasbro up. toys in there. Actually, I'm pretty sure Potato Head is owned by Hasbro. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think unless – I think it's got to be one of the more classic I, – I, I, and I mean, to us, G.I. Joe's classic, but yeah. they even, I think they define it even further well, back. They didn't want their yeah. toy getting blown up by a firecracker was Hasbro's right. problem. It wasn't about uh, G.I. Joe being in the movie. They just right. didn't want, you know, it to be treated that way. Was it Tex Avery that did all the cartoons back yeah. in the well, day? Well, he, he did all the, those great droopy cartoons and God, the Red Hot Riding Hood great. one. Yeah. Oh, no, Tex Avery is, is uh, one of my huge uh, like inspirations. I, I love his humor. His cartoons hold up better than anybody else's. Well, he had all the... The the Coopsy doll females. And oh yeah, he, he had the yeah. So Red Hot Riding Hood is the character that Jessica Rabbit was uh, designed <laughs> do after. Do that now. Yeah, do that now. I'm just saying. Well, Can yeah, Roger it. Rabbit too, though. It's it's a movie where even if they did do it now, would it be as impressive? Because all animation is done digitally now, and it's so much you easier know, to get. True. Yeah, it, it's so much easier to get those effects into a live action movie with computers. Whereas you know how they did it in the old movie, they had little like robots. Uh, that would pick like the items up and move them around, like the part where Roger Rabbit's drinking scotch. Mm. They had a little robot arm that would pick that scotch up and throw it back. And then the animators, um, Richard Williams is a famous animator, uh, they would draw over those little robot arms so you wouldn't see them, and all you see is Roger Rabbit's hand picking up the, the scotch and throwing it back. And so much thought had to go into how are we going to get these cartoons to look like they're interacting with the real world it was a huge puzzle and undertaking and that's why the movie looks so good now it's just like oh yeah you know green screen computers tablets it's it's a piece of cake now are you guys big sword and sandal guys uh some i like the conan movies sword and sandal yeah i like the conan movies yeah 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 for the most part see i there's a movie i'd wish as a kid i saw it and it's always had a great place in my heart that i wish they would redo it and, and and that's uh, Jason and the Argonauts. Oh, that's one of the greats. That is such a good movie. Um, I don't know if I'd want them to redo it, though, because it wouldn't have those Harryhausen right, stop motion yeah. effects. I mean, it's like when they redid um, Clash of the Titans. Like, oh, uh, no. Yeah, well, <laughs> look at who started it. But yeah. I'm just thinking, I I would like to see them do that again. Because yeah, it's such I mean, it a would, great, with the Golden Fleece, it's, it's so it's a good cool. story. If they would do a throwback, maybe, that had stop-motion animation, like they knew what they were doing, like, yes, this is stop-motion animation, but it's supposed to be. Because if you watch Jason and the Argonauts, they meant to make two movies, but they only made one, so the movie ends in a cliffhanger. It doesn't resolve any of its yeah. plots. I would actually, it would be cool if they made a sequel. They have to get new actors, obviously, but... If they made a sequel oh, 50 yeah, years later cool. that, yeah. that followed up on his voyage back and his uh, his triumph over the guy who killed his family, 
that I can't remember his Greek name, but that would be interesting uh, if they did it. But uh, of course, the, the, yeah. they did this uh, special effect in that movie, and I forget which other one it was with the fighting of the skeletons. Yeah, the skeletons. Oh, that, yeah. yeah. What that's, other that's, what other movie had that? There was another. Oh, movie lots of them. Um, so uh, for Harryhausen, it was, it was Sinbad. Yeah, Sinbad. yeah. Sinbad. but that was only Sinbad. one skeleton in Seventh, that one. Yeah. Seven Wonders of the World. Yeah, Army of Darkness. Yeah. Um, the Sam Raimi well, movie yeah. had a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're yeah. talking about that Technicolor area, though. Yeah, yeah but right, I'm talking so. about specifically. Yeah. that was. When they did Sinbad, that was a direct ripoff of Jason and the Ark. Well, I think oh, Sinbad came first. Did he come first? Yep, well, so I yeah. think yeah. Uh, the other one was Harry, a ripoff. Harry, of Harry, how, how do you say his last name? Harry Harryhausen. I think he. I mean, he, he just did passed away a couple the years ago. Special yeah. effects for he did Earth versus or the Flying Saucers. Saucers yeah. yeah, Flying Saucers. And that's that's the famous stuff where you see like the Washington Monument yeah. getting knocked. Beast from twenty thousand. Yeah, yeah. It, it came from beneath the sea. Yeah, his last hurrah was Clash of the Titans. It was, and it's funny because when he watched that. It feels like it's this threshold movie where it's passing, it's kind of passing the torch from right. like the Jason the Argonauts era into the Star right. Wars era because it has things like what's the name of that stupid owl yeah. that's trying to be R2D2. The Clockwork yeah. Owl. Yeah. The Clockwork well, owl. And the it has Black a lot Hole of. is one of those yeah. transitional movies. Where it's like, where, is it, yeah. it's kind of a goofy sci fi, yeah. but it's also trying to be like a, a modern blockbuster. And Clash of the Titans is like that. It's right. kind of stuck in that little like uh, awkward space. Right. We're out of time, guys. Oh, man. It was well, just thanks for having us on. Shane, thanks for coming in. Yeah. Mark, thank you for coming That's in. That's a blast. I'm going to be honest with you. This was one of the best segments of the geeks that we've ever had. Yeah, yeah it gets really good when I don't know we're it. on the radio. And yeah. so I'm sitting in the corner <laughs> talking. <laughs> All right. Let yeah. me remind everybody, God gave you a whole week of life. You can Oop. give him one hour this weekend at church. Please do so. We'll see you on Monday. Robert Steinbach will be my special guest. I'm Dave Ellswick. See you then. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 